Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every Friday we'll be covering another instalment in a classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com and weirdgeeks on iTunes to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums, shorts and more that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the film's reference, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! 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 Hello, welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in a classic horror retrospective franchise. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout plenty of staticky goodness... It's Alexander Chard. And a good evening to you, sir. <laughs> what was it? What's... Oh, fuck it. And Alison Holland. Hi. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? <laughs> what has happened? <laughs> this is what happens when you're recording this show three days in a row. If you're new to us, hello, welcome. Please head on out to We Are Geeks on all of your devices that you can possibly dig up. Commodore 64. Oh, I had a Commodore 64 and an Amiga, I think. Is that possible? That is possible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were allowed in the same household at the same time. Alex. It's possible. Yeah. There had to have been a handoff that happened. Yeah, get out your Commodore 64, dust down those clackety keyboards. I just went back to like, because I've got a couple of laptops and one of my laptops uh, ran out of, what happened? Oh no, I was doing like an export thing or whatever. It was, it was preoccupied surfing, basically. And I decided I'm going to use my other laptop for notes during this film last night. And it was so clackety. It was so clackety. I was like, I can't. It's too loud. I have to. And the problem is, it, a year ago, that wasn't too clackety for me. Mm. But now that I've got used to, you know, gradually keys getting softer and softer and softer and but softer. Did you hear uh, Taika Waititi after he won the Oscar for Jojo Rabbit? He was like, Apple, you need to change your keyboards. Cause he, <laughs> did he really? Yeah. He was like, it's almost going to make me switch back to PC because they, he said there wasn't like enough bounce back. That's hilarious. I think it's valid. Using his voice for good. So he wants the clackety. God, I love Taika. Because Bethany just got a new laptop in there. That's not clackety. And it's not like when I press all. it, I feel like I'm not pressing hard enough. It's great for podcast writing. really is. Right. But yeah, the old one used to be fine. But now I went back to the old one, so I can't do it. I had to go and change and swap them over. I need that <laughs> soft, soft action. But well, if you want problems. clackety, let me tell you what. Commodore 64. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually got Katie this laptop keyboard that you can attach. That's a typewriter. <laughs> so it's like Get all out. the keys For are done real? like typewriter. Cool. Yeah, it's like wooden with like typewriter keys and it literally is a proper like, duh, 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 duh. <laughs> That's <laughs> fun. Which of course she hasn't used because it's a nightmare. I was going to say, <laughs> is it actually productive <laughs> using that? No. But you know, makes for a fun and ridiculously expensive gift. <laughs> so <laughs> would recommend. While you're on your Commodore 64, you might as well track down We Are Geeks on stuff and you might as well subscribe for us and you might as well rate us because it helps us out a whole damn bunch because we don't do Patrons, we don't do banner ads and by the love of everything on the internet, we're not going to try and sell you any. Calligraphy ink. Any what? I, I, I love calligraphy ink. Calligraphy. I used to oh, love, calligraphy ink. I used to be right into calligraphy, let me tell you. Calligraphy and wax sealing envelopes. You have calligraphy ink. What are you doing? With your calligraphy. Every night, Not actually, selling it. Every night I get Bethany to write out my name. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, we take turns and then I write her name. 
Like, if you have any bed requests tonight, Bethany, this, yeah. did this start it must after, be scribed. after Call Me By Your Name? You changed it to Write Me By Your Name? My there you name. Go. So you write Me By My Name. <laughs> really? <laughs> Three double Excellent. D. Good. Yeah, well, well, it sounds, Alex, yeah. Alex, it sounds like you need that calligraphy ink. So you're right. We're not going to try and sell you that. <laughs> so you could just subscribe and rate us instead. All right, we are here to talk about VHS Viral. We're at the end of another franchise, which normally would be like, whoa, we're at the end of a franchise. But boy, has this breezed by because <laughs> there are three episodes and we've done back to back. If you want to see us and leave comments on things, then probably by the time you listen to this, we might still be doing the terrible experiment that has been live feeding on Instagram with just two out of the three people, <laughs> backward signs, little fucking handwritten notes, everything, all the stuff that we're throwing at you. And then you can come over to Zoom if you can be bothered to, you know, type in a code, which as switch on as, your Commodore 64 and load it up. <laughs> Which I think we have the proof. No, you can't be bothered to type in the code and come to Zoom. Uh, you can do that. Do you know, literally yesterday, I had so many people message me just like, oh man, I missed it. I was like, yeah, if only it was scheduled at the same time every day. Um, we're probably still doing this in some format. Maybe we've changed format. So come to my social media, Mr. Al White on probably just Instagram and Twitter and you can find out where you can interfere with us and try and put us off while we're doing a live show. <laughs> Oh, if you hear pauses throughout the show, that's why. It's my brain is like trying to tackle someone just saying something. 4.2 out of 10. Okay. Slid 4.2. down. Bit of a drop. Sl- slid down. Second one actually incrementally higher on the IMDb scale. Mm. Viral, quite a drop. That could be one of the lowest scores actually of any film that I've been a oh. part of for the retrospectives of. I was going to say, oh. absolutely not for the ones I've got. We've got down to the twos. Easy. Yeah, right. I think, yeah, I think that's, that's definitely on the lower end for me. Alex cherry picks the series. He's gonna, he has a, <laughs> he a grading curve of how bad, yeah, how bad he's willing to go. How many fours Wait, are there? Um, yeah, he said, drop below four, I'm out. <laughs> Although, to be fair, he has publicly end himself to do Leprechaun once COVID is over. And there's definitely, I feel there's got to be some under four rated <laughs> films in that series. Very quickly, before we get into the year that was, I just want to say we don't talk about taglines normally. A personal pet peeve of mine is when a film's tagline has one of the words from the film in it. It really annoys me. Hit us with VHS, VHS viral, mayhem goes viral. Oh, man. It is yeah. a bit redundant. It really much. annoys me. Hey, why couldn't they just make it like Mayhem Goes Online? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, these are my personal problems. 2014 is the year that was. What was happening? Somebody, somebody has the top 10 worldwide box office grossing hits of said year. Who is it? It's me. I got it for you. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was Shannon. She's normally so excited to bring Shannon's it. Shannon's not nah, here. Shannon is not here. So oh, kicking sh- us off at number 10. It's the Christopher Nolan film, Interstellar. It's a good movie. It's a good Excellent movie. Excellent movie. It's all about Did shaking you say bookshelves. Slow movie? No, I didn't. No? <laughs> Are you sure? Okay. No. I feel, like you, I feel like you did. Did you hear that? Yeah. I said it's a good movie. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. They're coming to number nine, a movie that's not Steady so good, on. which was really disappointing. In fact, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I don't like this movie. Does anyone like this movie? Yeah, I've met people who quite like this. A lot of people definitely like his suit because it's very, it's much more, you know, akin to the comic book than the mm. first one, which I get that. I think out of context, this is kind of cool. But no, oh my goodness, the rhino sections in this. 
Find out what we really think when we one day do our Spider-Man retrospective. We will do a Spider-Man retrospective because Spidey's so close to us. Yeah. I mean, in proximity. He lives on my roof. <laughs> so we will definitely <laughs> do one of those. Speaking of good sequels, number eight, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, wait, is, is that one? the first one? No. Nobody knows. Not even the creators. <laughs> <laughs> no, is it Rise? Is it Dawn? We don't remember. Let's just start calling the war... And then, you know... Actually, going up the list to number seven, a really, really great sequel. Possibly my favorite Marvel film after The Incredible Hulk. That is Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Ah. The Winter Soldier. Your favorite Marvel film. I haven't seen it in a while, but it's still up there for me. Yeah, I think there's quite a lot of people. I I mean, it's definitely one of my favorites. The ending gets a little bit over the top like many of them do i guess but, you mean um, it ends like every marvel film <laughs> it ends like every marvel film just too damn big coming to number six a franchise that i long ago gave up on x-men days of future past this is the other than logan the only x-men movie i have seen and this no. being, this being the first one that you see is very confusing yeah that's <laughs> Of course it is. This is like tying together the two different ages of X-Men. Yeah, I, I had no idea what was going on. I saw it with my friend Amy in college. I mean, I would not recommend starting here. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. Too late, Al. She did. It's pretty Coming good, in at number five. Awful movie and awful first part of a movie. The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. <laughs> Oh wow! Really We've don't talked like about those. these every episode. Were they also? Well, no, it's they've had one yeah, every annual, year. one year after the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in 2012, right. when we did our VHS podcast, we had five movies crack the billion dollar mark. For 2013, we had two. In this year, we only have one. Hmm. My God. So coming in at number four is Maleficent. Coming in at number three. <laughs> Possibly right up there with uh, amongst my favorite Marvel films, Guardians of the Galaxy. Rewatch this. My, this is my favorite recently, one. Actually. It's possible. It's in my top. Yeah, two or three. Wow, yeah. top two or three. Wow. Coming to number two, The Hobbit: The Battle of the Five Armies. Apparently, people were watching those. I didn't realize. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. So coming in at number one, earning one point one billion. Any guesses? Well, we've had two Marvel it's movies. It's a franchise. You can't have three. And Hunger Games and X-Men. We've had Hunger Games. We've had Lord, uh, Hobbit. Is we've it another had... animated? Yeah, there must mm. be an animated. Nope. No, no, it's not an animated. Wow. What could it be? What are we missing? Did Pirates come out this year? Not Pirates. Pirates come out and make loads of money. Did something return? Oh, hang on. Is this Star Wars year? Nope. God damn it. I don't know. <laughs> Transformers Age of oh. Extinction. Ah. Of course. Black the goes old- out. The Dinobots. Yep. Thank you, Alex. That was illuminating as always. <laughs> it really uh, wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> That's subjective. <laughs> Allie, you yes. got them spookies. What was VHS viral up I against? I have the spookies. First one, alphabetically, that it was up against is the ABCs of Death 2. More anthology horrors. I couldn't get through these, not because there's not good ones in here. There definitely are. But you literally, I think you literally get the entire alphabet of horror each film. <laughs> Which is like, they're just too it's a short. Good title, there's too then. many. It's like 26. There's 26 letters, right? Yeah, there's 26 <laughs> films each, each Well, it depends film. what alphabet you're going by. That's, what <laughs> well, that's, a, that's an excellent point. Yeah. It would, it would have saved me if I had been really stupid. <laughs> May, I mean, this, this is the sequel. So maybe this was a different alphabet. Maybe the first one was 26. That would be... See, Second that would have been one. smart. I that assume they didn't smart. do that. 
No. It's also up against Annabelle, a movie Ooh, Shannon loves. Ooh. We've covered it. A franchise you can listen, she loves. Listen to our show on the Conjuring Universe. Let me just say this to our listeners. Just go straight to Annabelle Comes Home. Oh, not Annabelle Comes Home. <laughs> Annabelle Creation. That's all you need to do. In, in the, just in the Annabelle series, you mean, not in the Conjuring yeah. series. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We also have As Above, So Below. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Quite a reaction. Alex, that was Alex's O noise, by the way. Nah, that is a found footage film I really like. And I watched because out of extracurricular work, because it's the director of Quarantine, am I correct? I mean, it might, it could, we could very well be. Hmm. Yeah. Which uh, yeah, it's pretty good. No, Quarantine was, you know, pointless, I think is the word <laughs> that we're looking for. The movie, not what we're doing right now. Everybody stay yeah, home. Yeah, what we're right now. Everybody stay home. It's not just point full, but mandatory. <laughs> Next up, Which, a to be movie. Fair, quarantine, the movie was mandatory for us. So. <laughs> That's true. Assigned by ourselves. My brother-in-law, the first time he met Al, then went home and watched this movie. <laughs> Do you know what it is? No. The Babadook. No, oh, that's weird. Because <laughs> I don't really like the Babadook. I'm one of the only people who doesn't like <laughs> I it. I think we discussed it at dinner. He had been wanting to see it. You expressed that you do not like this movie, and then he watched it anyway. And he was like, I'll it's show not- that English bastard. Everybody loves it. It's not that I hate it or anything. I think it's a totally fine movie. I get why people like it. It's just not for me. It just doesn't, doesn't do it for me. And the kid drove me nuts, <laughs> which he's meant to, but yeah, anyway. Coming up, we... Not coming up. It already came out. Cabin <laughs> Fever, Patient Zero. <laughs> we were recommended to do the Cabin Fever series. We will see. We will see. Under consideration. We also had Creep come out this year. This will be the Duplass Creep, I believe, which is fan footage. Very, very worth watching. If people like any fan footage, it's the yeah, Duplass double bill is well, well worth watching. Mm. That was a sticky sentence. That I really was. For some reason. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> dead Snow, Red versus Dead. Is this the we, I feel like we've done this Nazis? list so many times. Yeah, We've done no, almost all of these lists. Every time I, I come like back I've to them, I've talked about this like, movie so many I've times. I've said this before. I think every time I say, is that zombie Nazis? <laughs> if, you, if you're in the right mood, this is a great fun movie. Great fun. If you're not in the right mood. Pff. When is the right mood for zombie Nazis? <laughs> I mean, most the days. The drunk mood? Particularly Thursdays. Mm, okay. Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Next on the list, we have Housebound. I've seen, everybody loves this movie. I have seen it. I have very little recollection. I believe I liked it quite a bit at the time. But from when you go to film festivals, it's like you see so many movies and you just come out and you're like, they all mesh. They've all meshed into one. Yeah, I, I remember it's good. This. Next up, it's new, it's a, a movie, movie Sean potentially might want to see. One Ooh. of the only spookies that he's ever been interested in. It Follows. One of the greatest modern horror films. Love it. Why does he? Why is he open to that particular film? He's open to it because of how much critical acclaim it has received. And there's a naked man standing on a roof, and he's really he naked. loves naked men standing <laughs> on roofs. I think that's the fiddler <laughs> on the roof. He's upset with me now. Next up on the list is Oculus. This is one of the first films from Mike Flanagan, who's now obviously the man on everybody's lips. <laughs> yeah. I've had a weird ride with Mike Flanagan, but anyway, we don't have time for that right now. Interesting. Not a literal weird ride. <laughs> also up against something we might cover next or soon. 
Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones. We will get to the Paranormal Activity films for sure. We're just waiting for the new one that Blumhouse is apparently producing. Alex is very excited. Alex will believe it when he sees it. I'll believe it when I see it. (laughs) Don't know why we just don't start it now, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're almost there. The Purge, Anarchy. We have covered this and not gone back to them. No, but they're bringing out a new one of these as well, Ali. I hate to break it to you, so... I mean, they also brought out a TV show that we didn't watch yeah. that we said no, we, we were going I've to. I've never... Um, yeah. Fuck that. I've never watched any of the Purge films, but whenever I hear you guys talk about doing that retrospective, <laughs> it feels like it was a real grind. <laughs> I don't... Look, there were only, only three four of movies. <laughs> three, no, I think. four, weren't there? By the time you four? got... Oh, maybe... Because you got... there were only three. The first Purge, I thought, was number four. Am I wrong? I don't remember. Maybe wrong. There's Anarchy... Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, but there's three or four movies and they weren't that bad. Like the first two were like, we like 50% Fine, of these. Yeah. And then we just got so bored of them so quickly. We were just expecting them to get better and better and they don't. They do not. Yeah. Although many people think they do. Yeah, there was the Purge, the Purge Anarchy, the Purge Election Year, and then the first Purge. Okay, so there were four. Yeah, I know I wouldn't have been as hard of it if I... If I the Purge Anarchy is my personal favorite, but it's still like very hokey. It's not a great movie. <laughs> Well, the next one that is coming out, I'm pretty sure Alexa worked on. It's going to be amazing then. <laughs> the makeup will look great. The makeup will all right. lift it. We have all seen this one together. Wreck 4 Apocalypse. Oh, yeah, we have. Wow. You can hear our feelings on this. What a, <laughs> what a finale. <laughs> yeah, let's not. Uh, yeah. Go and listen to our show. Another franchise we might cover. Sharknado 2, the second one. That's a redundant no, title. No, we're not covering Sharknado. Yeah. Why? I'm out. There's no no fucking chance. I'm not doing any of that bullshit. All right. Ali's, really Ali's quit. <laughs> Look, I... she was genuinely upset. <laughs> I told you, if you wanted to do an entire shark podcast, you know I would I'm do in. that, but I'm not doing the Sharknado series. You like, would have it's gotta to. Be, it's got to be. No, it wouldn't. It's our show. We could do whatever we want to do. All right. All right. A movie I still really want to see, and I don't know why I haven't watched it yet. Stage Fright. It's The opening sequence is great. There's a couple other bits that are good Oh, you've throughout. shown me the opening sequence, actually. Yeah, that's, that's Meatloaf is in the movie as well. <laughs> <laughs> Looking quite awkward. I would do we've, anything we've for love. We've covered it. We've got a Stage Fright versus Stage Fright episode, which you can listen to. But All I right. won't do that. <laughs> Alex will continue to sing. We got the last one on the list. Zombievers. What a name. We've talked about this a lot as well. Zombievers. Christina really quite likes this movie, actually, which is hilarious. I find it so funny she's seen this film. Um, This movie was sold, I think, to the entire Fright Fest crowd from its promo image at the time, which was just the still of the film of a woman in a bikini on a countertop backing away from a zombie beaver that is obviously in frame, carefully positioned, so it's right right between her legs. (laughs) Wow. That tells you everything you need to know about this movie. Wow. Great. Which is totally fine if you're making that type of movie. Unfortunately, it's not as fun as that sounds. Like, there are a couple of really fun moments, but it's not like it doesn't live up to how fun it was. Although, lots of just like stupid beaver puppetry, which is kind of fun. And that's Beaver the Animal. Let's continue. <laughs> Allie. That's it. That's the last one. Z. Thank you so much. We just we went through the ABCs. Yeah, Allie. We did it. We did it. I don't know if people notice, but it's always every week in alphabetical order. That's how you, that's how we like you to consume your horror. <laughs> Alphabetically. Um, okay, do. so there was more spookies going on there. 
there was more found footage stuff going on there. It seems perfectly. We're still in that zeitgeist era of spooky found footage. So yes, VHS viral makes perfect sense. Let's just speed line another film. This will be the one that ties everything together. <laughs> plug in all those gaps. <laughs> we can round off the franchise hmm. in a satisfying fashion. Yep. Shot from May the 1st, 2014 until May the 8th, 2014. <laughs> Wait, say that again. I mean, this is what I found online. Shot May the 1st, 2014 until May the 8th, 2014. Okay. Okay. Is that uh, every completed? I don't know. This is just what... There's actually very little info and I was sort of making odds and stuff. I'll be honest again. We said this for the first one. I know some of the people who made some of these things, so I could have reached out directly to us, but I don't really feel comfortable doing that. So I was just going to leave it. Completed by July the 1st, 2014. And then, yeah, came out. What did it come out? It came out straight to demand. So this one didn't get like a box office release and stuff. This was definitely more of a straight to DVD, Blu-ray, online, all of that fun. Netflix something. Netflix show. Is that what it's called? Whatever. So let's get straight into it, shall we? Are you both ready to talk about these films for the final time? I'm not going to hold back, Al. I'm just going to say that. I'm not going to hold back. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, you probably, maybe you don't know the same people. That's fine. (laughs) I'll be honest, the people I actually know personally, I'm so relieved to say I actually like <laughs> a bit. And I, my memory, because as I was going into it, I generally, again, we talked about this before and it sounded like a dick talking about it, but like, I was worried. I was concerned because I knew two people who are now friends of mine made one of these segments and I was concerned that I would go back and not like their segment, which doesn't matter because you don't have to like everything. Like, we, have, we have our own collective group in LA. And our rule is, you know, we're going to support each other being creative and we can love each other. It doesn't mean we're going to like everything each of us make. Like, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. It's just personal taste. But I felt a little bit weird for the first time covering something where I was like, they might actually be listening or they could even pop in on our Instagram thing or whatever. (laughs) So it was a relief for me. But we'll get to those things when we get to them. I know which bit it is. We're going to kick off, though, with, of course, our wraparound segments. Now, titles, please. Alex, you go first. Oh, Great for the wraparound, yeah, the for the wraparound segment, I didn't even give it a title, but I guess okay. I'll just give it a title right now based on something I wrote a lot. So the title for the wraparound is called I Hate This So Much. <laughs> <laughs> Mine Interesting. We'll see if, we'll see if they went with that one. Yours, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is My Girlfriend is So Annoying. Um, No, they weirdly didn't go with either of those. They went with vicious circles. Vicious circles. So they've abandoned the the tape thing. They're going rogue. Tape gone. Tape gone. No VHSs. This is directed by Marcel Sarmiento, who is the director of Dead Girl, which is a film that Katie actually always talks about liking. I don't know when she last watched it. He also directed Totem, which I never watched. And I'm not... I'm not going to say who, because it feels unfair for me to call it out, but was once married to one of our best friends and actual co-hosts of this show. Written by T.J. Simfel, who wrote Intruders. It was also written by David White, who wrote Intruders, and also, of course, by Marcel Sarmiento. Intruders, by the way, really cool film. People should watch that. That's well worth watching. Starring Patrick Laurie as Kev, Amelia Ares as Iris, and a whole bunch of other people, like many people are in this wraparound and I'm not going to fucking name call all of them just the man on the bicycle and the you crazy can read model the, credits. <laughs> the crazy model who knows nothing but the flicker hair and look at the camera and oh, do that do God. that LA thing awful 
sound of a cassette being put in i did wonder is this going to be the one that's different is this going to be the one where we're going to get like a dial-up modem <laughs> or something because it's all about the internet nope sticking with the vhs we start of course on a female's butt <laughs> sort of bit michael, michael bayish just michael like Bay. every screenplay i write i always like we open on a behind <laughs> And then you really like got to see the world after that. Mm. She's looking off into the LA River, which for people who don't know, it's like the one in Terminator 2 that they drive down. It's very dry most of the time. She's just basically being an LA model, laughing to the camera. Lots of lens flare. That was the most annoying part about this is that when we're not in quarantine and you walk around Venice, you see people actually acting like that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this is, I mean, yeah, I go for a jog with the dog uh, each day. And it's still happening. Yeah. There was someone standing literally outside my house having photos taken yesterday, <laughs> just doing this bullshit. At this point, I'm like, not sure it's even found footage, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, is he filming on his phone? Is it a proper camera? What's going on here? Yeah, well, that's what I'm going to establish is he's really into filming everything. <laughs> and what we're also going to establish is she loves it. Now, to be fair, with the motif that we think we're going to get to, because this film, for better or worse, is going to have a theme... <laughs> It's definitely about people being self-obsessed and uploading things to the internet. So she is mm-hmm. meant to be that LA model nightmare, for sure. Well, the they problem nailed is, it. They nailed it on the head. Did they nail the execution? We'll find out. We will find out. I called the guy the new Ryan Felipe. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm calling him. I can see that. Mm-mm-mm. Cheesy, cheesy romance dialogue. One huge criticism I have with this entire film they keep just breaking up the footage constantly. They're so obsessed with the post-production, like we found all the filter buttons for every way you, yep. like film could like, digital film could break up. And I don't think it's consistent with the medium that they're on. It's just like random fuzzes, random static, yep. random digital glitches. And I'm like, this is just calm it's down. It's really bad. Yeah, that was like, all I kept thinking was they were editing it and the editor was like, okay, do you want me to put one here? Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to add a, add a scratchy bit you here? You can't do too yeah. much. Yeah. You <laughs> so can't do too much. Should I do one here? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's interesting, if we didn't talk about it last week, but there's, well, I presume we all watched the unrated version last week, but there's actually a rated version last week. It's exactly the same film, but for whatever reason, I guess for TV channels, it didn't want to show the violence. Whenever violence would happen in, in VHS 2, they would just go digital and warp the image, essentially. <laughs> Which is, you know, it's an interesting way to do it. This film feels like they just did that the whole time, but not for violence, just for whatever (laughs) is going on. That's surprising they cover up the violence instead of nudity. I feel like it's usually the opposite. They normally cover up nudity and leave violence in. Maybe they covered up nudity as well. I didn't read that. I read it was about the violence, but I didn't bother, Hmm. you know, checking. So yeah, we've got this, this couple who are hanging out. They love, she, he loves filming her. She seems to, she says she likes it, but then she gets really annoyed with him a lot as well. He's focusing a lot on her cleavage. She takes the camera so we get to see him. We get lots of cuts to him just filming her in, in her panties and her butt a lot. Around here, I, I wrote for the first time, I hate this so much. <laughs> <laughs> is it hitting too close to home, Alex? Is this just what your home life is really oh, wait. Uh, like? I've got, sorry, I've got, an, I've got another note just underneath that one. Yep, it's also I hate this so much. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> ah, you hit a wall pretty quick. Oh, um, we're going to keep coming back to them on the bridge. And she's like, I love it when you record me. It means that you love me. Which again, if this is their point, okay. But it's not like we're just in on this couple. And they're sort of trying to make it seem romantic as well. And I'm like, none of this works. No. <laughs> none of this is working for me. But then we're going to cut to her in her underwear again, putting nail polish on. She's all pissed that he's recording her. 
the footage keeps going all messed up. No idea why. Like, nothing's happening. They're not running or jolting the camera. <laughs> yeah, then she's recording herself when he's not around and she's going to get her boobs out, but the footage distorts. Let's just call it right now. This is the first VHS film where other than the lady in the apartment we're about to see, there are zero boobs. Yep. Yeah. I did notice that. We get the older lady boobs. Yeah. And we do. And Bethany's comment as she looked up from her laptop was no ageism. So maybe this is the best one yet. What a progressive movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I did, yeah, I thought that was an interesting one. And the one that feels the most sort of sensationalist in many ways, that there were no boobs, was kind of interesting. Particularly for this opening segment, for sure. Anyway, he walks back in, his mouth is bleeding, starts swearing at her. And then on the TV, there's a police pursuit that's happening down the block. She's asking him to talk to her about something that they've got to face what's going on. And then she's like shouting, like, do you really think this shit is going to go viral? And he says, oh, I got to go shoot this car chase. I'll be honest, that opening is still a mystery to me. (laughs) Why he walks in with his mouth bleeding. Why she's saying we've got to talk about something serious, you know, while he's distracted with his car chase. I don't get it. Did you miss his mom yelling in the background? Oh, is that what it is? That's what they're talking she, about. When, before he leaves the room, you can hear her shouting in the background something about like his girlfriend's car being parked in the driveway blocking her way. And then she uh. calls her a slut. And then the girl then echoes it and is, is like, slut? And like makes a face at him. And then he goes outside. So when he comes back in, I think it's meant to be assumed that the mom hit him. Oh, wow. And so she's like, let's talk about this. And he doesn't want to talk about it. And it's like, look, a police chase. Let's go film it. I thought there was actually something tying into the VHS universe here, but no. Yeah, I thought so too. Argument with Because we get more nosebleeds and stuff later on, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I think think you're right. This is separate from that. Yeah. Okay. Good writing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Profound. Again, I like stuff these writers have done, but not this. All right. Anyway, so he's really obsessed. He's got to go and film this car chase. And I do like, again, I said last week in my, if it was how it was in my memory, it is not how it is in my memory. (laughs) In my memory, it's like, it could be cool. This idea of, yeah, this car chase on TV and then suddenly it passes by your window. There could be an immediate atmosphere evoked from that of like danger and being a part of the city, bringing it out of the houses onto the streets. I don't think it's necessarily a bad notion to go with having all these people like trying to follow it all the people trying to film it because you know modern society is obsessed with all this drama and shit i think there's an interesting way to do all of that it's not what's happening if i'm honest with you guys at this point i had honestly thought i had started watching the wrong film and i had to check a couple of times because <laughs> you know like if you're renting stuff off amazon prime you can type in vhs and you can have the vhs films but then there's like a bunch of knockoffs or like other films that use the thing and i thought i had picked the wrong film <laughs> i think that's absolutely valid this does not feel like vhs no. at this point at all not at all so we're going to pop into her phone's camera as she's like texted something and then she goes into a trance and walks off into the street we see a cop get run over as his arm flies off <laughs> For no you reason. can just like see someone from the front seat throw a fake arm out the window as they pass <laughs> by. It's so bad. Uh, and then a lead guy gets called by her after she's disappeared, and it's just really tacky, just like her face on the phone, like smiling. Glitching. Yeah, she's got a big grin on her face. And then you suddenly cut to helping. her screaming, and then you're out. And I'm like, oh boy, this is what we're in for. So I'm already like, yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. Maybe not quite to the level of Alex, but definitely of like, I'm just, let's just get into the actual shorts. Yeah. Let's forget the wraparound, please. So we're going to kick off with our first proper short titles, please. Ali? I will admit once again, I didn't realize this was when the short was starting. 
What? Because they cut to a police camera. So I assume we're in the same story because we've just seen a police chase start. So as soon as we cut right. to the police camera, I thought it was just this woman was talking about this magician. And I was like, oh, that must be who is driving the van that they're chasing. So once again, anthology horror has tricked me. And I it took me a while to realize this was one of the shorts. But I did give it a title. And it is Wannabe Prestige. <laughs> Mine's called Dante the Great Big Asshole. It's <laughs> a good one. Very close. They went with Dante the Great. <laughs> um, apparently <laughs> couldn't fit in the big asshole afterwards. This is directed by Greg Bishop. It's written by him as well. Now, Greg Bishop, he directed a little indie uh, zombie comedy film horror called Dance of the Dead, which I did actually really enjoy when I saw it. I mean, I have never been bad to it, so maybe I'd go back to it and not love it. But it just had like really good earnestness to it. It was you know, very small budget, but a lot of fun. He also directed Siren, which is the spin-off of Amateur Night from the first VHS, which we haven't seen yet. Alex last week was saying he was going to watch it for the wrap-up. I believe now you've changed your mind after watching the trailer. Yeah, I, I think I got the gist of it from the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a college try. I don't know if I'll get through it, but I'm going to start it. At I least. think I'll um, stick with the trailer as well. And this is starring Justin Wellborn as Dante. He was in The Signal, which we talked about as director last week. Well, no, the week before he did The Ritual. Was that last week? Anyway. You might know also known from Justified. Is it the Final Destination? A whole bunch of stuff. He's a face if you're into genre you might have seen. And Emmy Argo at Scarlet, and then other people too. But really, it's those two. So we're brought in with Scarlet. She's uh, this new magician's assistant for Dante the Great, and she's been brought in to the cops for questioning. So we're going to be cutting between basically her being questioned by the cops, and then the story progressing from there, and these flashbacks as she's explaining stuff. And this is done in a different format of found footage, which again, I think it's nice to show different styles. This is more like the Blair Witch, uh, yes. what was it called? Yeah, Shadow of the Blair Witch. That's oh, exactly geez. what I put down as well. Let me look up the name, you keep going. Curse of the Blair Witch. Curse of the yeah, Blair there Witch. We go. Yeah, yeah, the original thing before the Blair Witch Project, which is done with, you know, interviews and it's done like it's a proper documentary as if things so really good. happened. And they're assembling the footage afterwards. What this allows the filmmakers to do is obviously curate things more in the editing, add music to it with validation for that because it's as if this is a documentary. It doesn't make sense because when the story goes later, yeah. definitely just then errs off into found footage. But whatever. <laughs> anyway. She's been brought in for questions. We're following SWAT cameras as they're raiding his dressing room and finding a little hidden cabinet which has all these VHS cassettes with different women's names on it, as well as one with just like rabbits written. <laughs> and a male. Oh, is there a male's name on there? Clay. Well? Clay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then they're arresting Dante the Great, who doesn't seem bothered about it at all. And we're gonna like yeah talk about this history of Dante. It was just two years ago. He was just a regular person doing magician, like doing tricks for his friends. Wasn't even doing anything big. And then someone's interviewed saying he somehow, we don't know how, he somehow came into position of a cloak. And rumor is that Houdini once owed this cloak, but it frightened him so much that he got rid of it. <laughs> and then we get footage of Dante practicing using this cloak where he's realizing he can do real magic because of it, which I wrote down, wow, what are we watching? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because this is a moment for me, Alex, when you talk about, did I put in the right movie? Because this is tonally completely different. Oh, yeah. This is like, you know, Chronicle on a low, low budget. This is, you know, X-Men style found footage, which I'm totally fine for. Like, that's fine. I was going to say, but, I actually really enjoyed this clip of him. I feel like he had a really genuine reaction and genuine excitement when he realized he could do it. 
Yeah, when, so that, when he magics the rabbit, it was pretty funny. Yeah, at that point, I wrote down, I'm not going to lie. I'm actually pretty excited to see where this is going. <laughs> it just feels like it's in the wrong movie. That's all. And I mean, like, yeah, like, I think this is probably around when I realized, oh, OK, no, we are in the short. That police is not also <laughs> a part of the police chase we saw at the beginning. But I'm in for the ride. Our listeners, if you haven't ever seen it, they should go onto YouTube and type in Korean Doctor Strange for <laughs> one of my personal favorite funny things ever. And Katie just kept turning to me throughout this and going, this is like, it should be Korean Doctor Strange. But for some reason, it's trying not to be just a complete parody, which is, uh, that, and that's the problem, I think, with this short inherently. It's one, it shouldn't be the first one. We need horror out of the bat. Yeah. And two is that it needs to realize how stupid it is and just have lots of fun with that. Well, that's you know? why it's called the wannabe prestige. They haven't quite found their tone. <laughs> they have not found their tone at all. Anyway, the cloak makes him huge. You have to like know someone to know someone to get a ticket. Like it's really hard to get in, which is why he's playing Vegas, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> so that makes he's gone straight to the top. My favorite bit, I think, is probably the bit where they're interviewing people who are coming out of one of the shows and there's this couple and going, <laughs> yeah, we went into the show in New York and then we came out and we're in LA. And to be honest, I'm kind of pissed about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. He's making people levitate in the audience. There's like zero subtlety. No. no. <laughs> this. And then, it, yeah, it's kind of funny. Like he's, he's having troubles with the cloak and he sets his building on fire because the cloak stops working. And then he realizes this cloak needs feeding and it's only hungry for one thing, or it seems only one thing, which is naked assistance seems mm -hmm. to be what it's only hungry for, but apparently rabbits and clay as well. So yeah, the police are like, lots of his assistants have gone missing, but no one's arrested him. For some reason. No yeah, evidence like, has been found. No evidence could be found. Apart from the fact that they were all his assistants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he's famous for making people disappear. And like <laughs> so Scarlett is telling the police that, yeah, she started working for him because she wanted to learn from him. He was one of her heroes and she thought she could be around him and like figure out how he's doing this stuff, but she couldn't figure it out. So he asked her for dinner, but she has a boyfriend called Clay who had a temper. We'd get a little slappy slappy. We're yeah. going to see. And she says that, yeah, she was more than friends with Dante they had like, they don't really say it's sexual or anything, but it's like a deep bond between them both. And then Dante confronts Clay, breaks his bones in our first proper horror. Oh, uh, splatter everywhere. Yep. Yep. And then kills him. And for some inexplicable reason, Dante insists on filming absolutely everything he does, <laughs> including murder. Yep. Don't know why. There's nothing in here. I was like, this is the one to go, yeah, all these people are obsessed with uploading their stories to this site. You know, there's some big VHS universe going on and what, no, just likes filming them. <laughs> just for his them. own private collection. Copying them to VHS. So downgrading <laughs> the quality. <laughs> and then putting them in a cupboard. A purist, some might call him. Very strange. So all the SWAT team turn up with guns to arrest him. And the cops are promising her, I promise you, the cloak isn't magical. And then we cut to Dante being arrested. Gets, he's getting put into, like, the crowd's watching and getting put into a cop car, which I believe, I have to rewind this, I believe what he says to them is, hold on to your titties. It's going to be a big finale. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. And then he disappears from the cop car, handcuffs the cop. Again, the actual way to do all of this stuff is mostly pretty good. You know, it's actually shot pretty well. Mm. It's just... Totally just fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. 
And then she's telling the cops, look, I know what he does are not illusions, they're actual magic. And then the cop says, there's no such thing as magic. And then she disappears Boom, into the disappears. chair. Yep. Which is pretty, honestly, like, again, the shot's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, if I was into this short. Mo- I mean, yeah, all the, all the effects looked fairly realistic. Fairly serviceable. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, if this is a comic book found footage movie, these shots, you know, that's fine. But it's just like for starters, Dante looks ridiculous. Which <laughs> <laughs> doesn't help anything. Yeah. And we just feel like now we just devolve into very cheap Marvel stuff where Dante is suddenly fighting all these cops with magic, like Doctor Strange style. Yeah. Ripping them apart, saying ridiculous lines like, welcome to the show. <laughs> Oh god Oh the effects Most of them look good The ripping the skin open Does not look great Oh yeah that's right He tears open the guy's chest Yeah Not great (laughs) Suddenly Dante's in cop uniform Which is hilarious (laughs) He does an old switcheroo And then yeah uh, She takes the cloak And puts it on Magics his gun away from him And then (laughs) Where, where he like gets it back off or when he swings the cloak on in slow motion and begins throwing fireballs at her. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, I, I think it's funny that she gets this all-powerful cloak, which he then just pulls off her yeah. and puts back on. It seems she like she's going to she be able to do it at first because she immediately is able to like pull a trick on him and take his guns and then all that goes away. I wanted yeah. the cloak to be symbiotic. I wanted it to be like Venom. Like it has a relationship with him. Like it wants to be with him rather than anyone mm. else. But yeah, yeah. doesn't seem to give a shit. It's a slutty cloak. It's fine. <laughs> then they start floating on the walls. <laughs> As he throws pigeons at her. <laughs> it's actually what happens. And he goes to kill her, but she uses the magic rope trick on him. Now, this confused the fuck out of me because it's a bit earlier where she's like, tell me how you do this trick where you just like go and someone's got a magic rope around them. And what we've established is all of his magic is real magic given by the power of the cloak. And yet somehow he teaches her how to do this without the cloak. Yeah. It's weird. I don't understand. Yeah. It's weird because then it means anyone within the vicinity of yeah, the cloak. Yeah, close enough to the cloak if you know have the cloak move. powers. Yeah. Anyway, she uses it on him. The cloak eats him up. He disappears. The cops interviewed saying, we can't find Dante. Nobody knows where the cloak ended up either. But then we see she has it and she tries to burn it. And then for me in the first mildly effective moment that we've seen so far at VHS Viral is we go into her laptop and a light turns on in the closet behind her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool, this is more paranormal activity. This is more like where we should be with things. And then she goes in the closet and it's the cloak and it grabs her. And, <laughs> and they kind of ruin that moment. Uh, <laughs> That's really <laughs> bad. Like really big hands. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's it. We're out. Okay. First short. Okay. Not the best intro. <laughs> Not very strong. Yeah. I appreciate the angle that they were taking. But like you, Al, my reference point for that was Curse of the Blair Witch. Which yes. I think is almost perfect. I think that's so good. And this is just nowhere near that. Again, no, this just feels like... I mean, we said it last week when, when we had that first one from Adam Wingard. And we're like, okay, we're in a different tone here. We're going more Twilight Zone. It's not necessarily where VHS 1 was entirely, but fine. This is where they want to head. It makes sense. But there was still horror elements in that. You know, this is just like 
okay, we're just watching a comic booky thing that mm. you just wanted to do some weird effects with. Like, there's nothing. This doesn't feel horror themed at all. There's a dark place you could have gone with this more. That's more Hellraiser-y or something, you know. But they don't do that. And it kind of like its own conventions crumble in on itself <laughs> through the short. In that it starts as this kind of documentary style thing, but yes. then that kind of just disappears and goes out the window when they have that big fight. I'm like, is this still? being filmed by the documentary crew and these just cameras <laughs> that are around like no it's and again i try and look at these things now how do they work in the context of vhs and then how do they how would they work if you just watch them separate if i watch this separate as like a short film that someone just put up online i still wouldn't like it but it's not like it's badly made i'll be like yeah, yeah i don't like it but it's decently made I but that's fair watching it in the vhs canon i'm like this is so fucking out of place this is not the appropriate film for this at all and definitely not to kick off and particularly after yeah, after yeah, a bad wraparound opening <laughs> yep so we're going to move out of it then we get lots of tracking as we're back to the ice cream truck being chased by cop cars i think this is the first time we're really like getting okay this is going to be the drive then it's this ice cream truck there's something going on with this that's tied into the vhs universe and our lead guy is now on a bicycle. His girlfriend's still ringing him up, asking for his help on video call. We get lots more stupid glitching. And I don't know if you noticed it, but a very brief frame of the siren lady from Amateur Night. I thought I, I saw that. Was that when it was like flashing yep. on a phone? Yeah. Because Katie was like, wait. And then we were Could you see the split like, oh, yeah. sort of face, right? Uh, yep. I did yeah. not very see that. Very strange. Very strange. Uh, which at that point, though, I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe it is all going to start wrapping in you know tying in from the other films and stuff which i guess sort of anyway some dude's watching this all on his phone as well she's turning up on everyone's phone that's the confusing thing yeah Yeah. she's not just on his she's on everybody's phone but it's only when the van passes those people right when the ice cream van passes those people then their phones kind of glitch and she pops up yes which then i mean at this point because she's popping up on everyone's phone to me, I was like, okay, well, then obviously she's somehow tied into whatever plan this person has. But then the part where she first becomes entranced by it is confusing, if that's the case. Yes. Okay. I felt like we, we needed a face that was just from the ice cream van, not to do with her. We yeah. needed something else like the overriding evil that's turning up on everyone's yeah. phone. I would still have hated it because it sounds tacky as hell. But that would make more It makes more sense. more sense than this. Yes. But we don't get that. Instead, we start really trying to show everybody just wants to film the mayhem that's happening. So they go way over the top with this commentary. Everyone's crowding on top of a bridge. One guy just falls off the bridge and dies. One guy's just shouting, see you on YouTube, bitches. My God. (laughs) It's so over the top. And those people don't freak out that much when that guy falls off the bridge. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, there goes another one. But he did it. He like, did, did it. Did someone get that? Did everybody media. get that? And then this is the thing. Our guy immediately says to everyone, he just figured it out. He's like, this truck is going in circles on purpose. Which, by the way, if it's going in circles, don't chase it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go the other way. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Maybe the cops anyway. haven't figured that out yet. Only, only <laughs> Kevin, the hero. Oh, Kevster. Someone gets hit by the ice cream truck and is dragged along in the doors of it. The shoes come off and then their feet start getting ripped to pieces by the road. Ugh, I don't like this part. Which, again, is like a cool horror idea. Don't know how realistic that is. Well, but I don't it just know why so it wasn't hurting him before his shoes came off. Like your entire body is being dragged on the street. Wait it's a minute, like, who were those bike guys? I think just random just people. Everybody's I, did obsessed, he know man. them though? 
No, I think no, he just stole the bike. I think they were just random pedestrians that he ran into. Right. Someone else, yeah, that's a big like thing. People fall off the bicycles. I just wrote down, what is happening? Like, there's just so much shit happening. <laughs> I just didn't understand. Yeah. But thankfully, we're now out of it. And we're into our next short. Titles, please, for the proper short number two. I called this one Los Alfonsos. Like it, like it. Spanish portal master doesn't know what he's fucking in for. <laughs> I like that he's just a portal master. Portal master. <laughs> Not a portal tamperer. I'm a master of portals. <laughs> it's called Parallel Monsters. Parallel Monsters. Directed by Nacho Vigalondo. Don't know how you say his name, so that's what we're going to go with. I really like this director. He did Time Crimes, which is a really cool little movie with some sort of similar ideas to do with this, actually. And then he did a feature film called Colossal. That lots of American people will have seen, which I didn't love it, but I love the ideas and I love a lot of moments in it. Mm-hmm. Written by him as well, starring Marian Alvarez as Marta and Gustavo Salmeron as Alfonso. And that's pretty much it. So we're with this dude. Subtitles again, Alex. I know you don't like subtitles and you found footage. You racist bastard. <laughs> no, these ones I, I needed. I needed these subtitles. But I appreciated this again, like having something in a different language in a different place. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do know what you mean. With this guy, he's a scientist. He's saying goodnight to his wife. He's heading back upstairs. He said, I'll be up soon. And then he pulls off this rag and we're going to see this big old portal door mechanical thing like attached to a wall. And he says he's in his third configuration, which is pretty early on in your portal development phase. (laughs) (laughs) Doing good things. And then he just opens it up and it just happens. Just straight away. We're right into it. Like you think there'd be some something going wrong. Like, nope. nope. Straight in. It worked. Portal opens. That's why he's the portal master. He is the portal master. Yeah. yeah. And I really love it. I love this immediate mood. I'm in a, like a, I feel a little unnerved with what's going on. Cause you're trying to get to grasp even with the character as we're getting this thrown at him. And then he sees himself. So basically on the other side of the portal, there's a mirror world and he's there and they start talking to each other. And it's a really cool vibe. Yeah. Like, I really love this opening. It's funny as well as unnerving. Yeah. Which is great. They're, like, learning all about each other, that they have this, a wife with the same name, that they've both been developing this thing, that they live, you know, their bedroom's in the same place. So they're really just like, oh, we literally just tapped into, like, a mirror universe where everything's the same. Yeah, they think the same thing, like, right, right. They have the same moves the as they're leaning into the doorway. Their parts went different ways, though. Ah, a mirror. Oh, really? Well, yeah. mirrored. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I really love this. We're going to call him, by the way, for the sake of this, because it could get confusing. We've got Alfonso, which is the one we start with. Then we've got Alternative, uh, Alt. I'm just calling Alt Alfonso. Altonza. Yeah. And then we've got the same for Marta. Marta and then Alt Marta. That's what we're going to go with. So Alt Alfonso takes his camera and begins to step through the portal. And the other one does the same. And they decide they're going to spend 15 minutes in each other's universe just to explore which immediately i think this is like a great setup it sounds like scary and exciting you don't know what's gonna like happen you'd have more of a conversation for sure Hmm. like don't move like anything anything i need to know (laughs) you know and out of all the ones across all of these films so far i feel like this up till this point now has such a clean setup where it doesn't feel sort of too rushed it's just very simple Yes. You know immediately what's happening and then it's like, yep, we have 15 minutes. And yeah, like you're saying, there's sort of a sense of excitement and foreboding about what's going to happen in in these 15 minutes. And they don't take too long to start showing where those wrinkles are. So like he starts walking up 
the stairs. My initial concern was like, we need something to like show which camera we're in, because this is going to get confusing, but it doesn't get confusing because they're immediately going to show their big differentiating <laughs> factors. As they're walking up and about to get into the house from the basement, Alfonso finds that in the alternate universe, there is a picture of a circle of candles and then what looks like a bloody meat sack hanging <laughs> in the middle of it. And then while, yeah, alt Alfonso finds in the same place a nice wedding photo to which he's really confused. He's like, and what is like, this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's when you know, like, okay, something bad's going to happen here. So Alfonso then starts hearing sex noises through a TV and he walks up and he runs into alt Marta, the opposite version of his wife, who obviously thinks it's just her version of Alfonso. And she's dressed in some sort of like silky robes and stuff, but just looking like, you know, she could just be hanging out in the house being sexy. And then he's taken out by her to the pool where there's a guy waiting for his wife and what looks like it's going to be like some sort of sex thing, like they're doing some swinging. Well, we hear sex noises in the background as we're walking up to meet them. Well, I think it's playing through a TV. You can hear like a TV is playing. I think think it's just to get them in the mood. And then Alfonso, uh, she's like, well, Alfonso, my husband's now decided to join me, which is weird because she does say husband. So you do have marriages in this universe. And then it's fucking brilliant because then another guy just... (laughs) He's like, hey, what's up? (laughs) I really love it. And I love that she then turns around and doesn't remember his name. Even though it's the same name as the person she's already with. Yes. And then she's like, oh, wait, are we all related? And gets worried for a minute. Meanwhile, alternate Alfonso is in you know our alfonso's world he's going up to see marta and she's just in bed asleep you have the worlds written down the opposite way that i have them written down oh really yeah well because unless we we're meant to start in the alternate no we start in alfonso's world and alfonso's world is just like she's asleep in bed I alternate world she comes down to world. check on him she does in the very opening scene yeah and then she goes and up doesn't to she say yeah. something about being hungry so then when we go back into the kitchen, I assumed it was that Martha. No, then no, she no, was no, then no. at the fridge. No, no, no. That's our Alfonso that we start with goes into the crazy world with all of the sacrificial stuff. I wrote that all down backwards. <laughs> For sure. Right, Alex? Yeah. No, I think you're right. I okay. think we only see Alfonso and Martha first and we only meet alternate Martha when she's in the robe. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so she says, uh, they all sit down. Sorry, yeah. So like in alternate universe, Alfonso sits down with alternate Marta and these two guys. The living room has candles in a circle, like in a picture. There's a blood bag hanging on the TV, a sex noises. Bloody meat but we- sack, I think is what you said. <laughs> Bloody meat sack. On the TV, a sex noises, but the images are of like someone on a stake and things and like weird ritualistic crosses. Are they like burning some people alive? This sort of so. images are like that. And then there are stars on the ceiling in the actual room, celestial like things. Then they all sit down in this like awkward, <laughs> awkward living room. And she says, well, my husband likes to go first. Is that okay? So then she switches on the light and the blood bag comes and then it's illuminated. But Alfonso doesn't do anything. So this is where it gets a little weird because he's just not even replying. Like you think yeah. he would say something and he just sits there and the men are like, oh, I guess we should go then. So then they leave. And then as they're leaving, you hear this noise like yeah. outside this big old horn and yeah he starts getting inquisitive but i'm like i need a little bit of engagement from him here like it is strange that he doesn't say anything. yeah i agree i was expecting him to at least say like actually you go first this time so we could at least see what this ritual they were about to do is yeah 
And maybe it just says terrible things about my brain, but I'd be like, yeah, let's see what's going on here. Why don't you uh, get yeah, started? Yeah, that's what I would I'd be like, yeah, yeah. show see me. if what's, I want to join in or not. What's this bag of meat <laughs> yeah. doing here? Yeah, <laughs> like, like right, yeah, that, there was a part of me that, yeah, thought that as well. Like, he would at least say, I just want to watch tonight or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, exactly. And that would give, you know... And then when the sound happens... If you're talking about all of these films... Yes. And if you're talking about all these films, like, they're always looking for ways of, like, how do we get sexuality in, but they normally force it in. It's like, this would feel earned and appropriate to the story. Yeah. You're going to go to weird, like, dark sexual places. For sure. But no, they don't don't do that. Meanwhile, yeah, sorry, Alfonso is just taking photos of the sleeping martyr in the original universe. (laughs) Well, Alfonso himself is asking Altmata, what is that noise? And she just seems upset. But I do really love that she's very, like, articulated upset. She's not, like, ranting or screaming at him. Mm-hmm. She's very just like, this is why my self-esteem doesn't feel appreciated right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. And the noise just keeps getting louder and then there's a light. So he grabs the camera and just like, oh, I've got to go. I've got to go outside. So he goes outside. There's this chanting that's happening. And then this huge, unfortunately, CGI... <laughs> Mm. blimp that floats by with a huge upside down neon cross so obviously we're in some satanic universe where i guess you know i mean who knows we're never going to get into it but it's like the difference is just like which you know are we worshiping god or are we worshiping yeah, satan yeah. essentially and he runs into the guys outside as they get into their car and they're initially like oh did you change your mind should we come back in but then they get really upset that he's filming them <laughs> Like really upset. So they just start chasing him and then their eyes and mouths just start glowing. And, you know, it's fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, alternate Alfonso is rubbing his penis as, yep. he's, as his eyes and mouth start to glow. God, did you already say Marta. that he was, he'd been taking photos of yes. Marta? Yeah. yeah, he's taking some photos, starts rubbing himself as he's watching her. Music is playing over all of this, by the way. Big fan footage, no, no. But, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then the men take down their trousers and uh, are trying to like, we're like, well, I don't know what you're both thinking, but you're wondering like what's going to happen to our Alfonso in alternate universe, satanic universe. And they have these huge, weird, it's like an alien head penises, which have teeth. <laughs> on the end. And like long white hair. And yeah, they're furry. <laughs> <laughs> that was insane. It was fucking insane. So uh, I know you both had problems with uh, the raid director's one last week, where it was like this is too, this is too crazy. Once you get a puppetry, it doesn't work. You seem to both be into this one. Is this the tipping point, or are you more into it? Do you? For me, it was just batshit crazy. I mean, from a puppetry point of view, it was very obvious that it was a hand puppet, like <laughs> positioned either underneath the person's legs. So in that respect, it was a bit sort of illusion breaking as far as the idea i was just like this is fucking nuts but cool whatever it's just insane and i wasn't expecting it to be honest yeah i was definitely not expecting it either at this point i'm still hoping especially now for more explanation as to what's going on because it was like this ritual was about to happen inside with alternate wife and these two random men I was excited to see it. We didn't get to see it. We then come outside. They reveal this bizarre, furry, alive, bitey penis. We don't actually see what happens with it. We then just cut to the next one. So at this point, I'm a little bit taken out of it, but hoping that some sort of explanation is coming. You are the two that week after week have been like, we don't need explanations. I know, but when something this bizarre comes up, 
I'm like, I need, it yeah, for I, me, I, I have the opposite here because it's like, we're in a different universe. It has some different rules. We're now just seeing, okay, this is just, and we're going to learn because then, yeah, my old martyr is going to open her robe and she has a tooth vagina belly, yep. essentially. Yeah. Like and you're like, this, okay, this is just how they have sex. In this one, I wasn't, yeah, at that point, I didn't feel that way. Like I needed an explanation to all of this because, yeah, for me, it was like, oh, alternate universe, anything goes. And it was about kind of uncovering that. The penis, now that I think about it, was sort of like a smaller, hairier, fleshy version of Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> and sort of veiny and... <laughs> and also, penis. I just now want to make you a t-shirt that says, the penis, comma, now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so, presumably, the bag of meat that was hanging, that was to feed their dicks, right? <laughs> I think so. I like mean, that. I feel like there's enough strands here that maybe the director knows. That's always the key with this stuff, isn't it? You don't have yeah. to understand, but you have to feel like the creator understands. Yeah. And, you know, no. to be fair to this one and its craziness, it's the most I'm engaged so far in this film. And that's from the very start of this shot. I immediately was like, just yeah. felt way more engaged in it than what we had seen before. No, absolutely. And this director, you can just tell. You can tell when you get those directors who are like doing something in a slightly different level in terms of they've got some simple like say, clean simple idea there's some artistry with how they're doing it you have some actual adults like in the you have some actual like decent actors here i don't know i think there's a maturity to it which i like even though this is yeah going insane and you've got penis monsters and all this <laughs> stuff there's a way that they're still doing that where it's like both hilarious but still sincere <laughs> Anyway, so like he's then running away. He stabs the so the guy's. I, I thought it was like a graboid from Tremors, like a graboid penis. Runs back to the house. Alternate Marta runs into him. She opens her robe very carefully. No boobs again. No boobs in this film. But we we get do a, get her, some boobs. Just because they were an old lady's boobs does not I, mean they don't count. I was literally just as I said that sentence. Like, do I really need to say that again? <laughs> so thank you for calling. Well, me you out just said out. no boobs. You know it's what I mean? No I mean boobs. no ex I mean no exploitative boobs, I guess is the phrasing I was gonna try not to say. Anyway, but we do get an exploitative toothy belly, which Alfonso then just punches her in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, not I was borderline with the penises. <laughs> this is too much. He runs back through the gate, finds out alternate Alfonso who's also running down and he's covered in blood. So they have this altercation where he's like, What happened? What have you done to Marta? And then alternate Alfonso stabs our Alfonso, heads back through his gate, but alternate Marta turns up, thinking, obviously, not knowing any of this, she thinks that it's the same Alfonso who's been being weird, and her belly vagina starts eating him whole. Eating his uh, face. As she says, she's exercising her right on domestic violence in the home. <laughs> which is pretty great uh alfonso by the way not dead he closes the gate calls for marta who turns up and of course has a knife and stabs him i really like that twist that they both got killed yeah oh uh, yeah i really like it and i really like that whole just that little that little note just on like this is my right for a domestic wife she's so calm with it as well <laughs> i can now get to eat you mm. <laughs> and that's it we're out like you say alex same. the most the most compelling piece we've had so far in this for sure i think yeah. it's a totally decent i'm not going to say like it's my favorite one from the vhs segments and stuff but i think it's a nice simple idea this is more what i'd be hoping for from little twilight zone style vignettes you know so we're into sort of our last piece titles please he was a skater boy she said kill you later boy <laughs> I have two well, options for this one. My first option is a web series about used dolphins. 
a direct quote from this short. I love that quote. My second option is my time in Mexico for Laudan's 24th birthday. Weirdly, they didn't go with the personal moment from your life. I know. No, this, this was it. That's what I'm saying. This was my oh, time. This was, this was actually your time. Yes. No, they went with Bone Storm, which is, sounds like, you know, a skater metal band kind of thing, <laughs> which is cool. This is directed by Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. Of course, they are legendary in the genre world for The Endless, for Spring. They've got a film coming out now called Synchronic. And again, not for the sake of sounding like I have some nice people in my life who have done cool things, but I do feel for the sake of anybody who doesn't want to trust my opinion on this, I have become sort of friends with them both and they're very lovely people. Written so, by Justin Benson. What are you going to say, Alex? No, so I was... When you said Bone Storm, I was like, oh man, that sounds familiar. It sounds like something from a Simpsons episode. And I just looked it up and it is. It's this um, ultraviolet video game. Like this is early, early Simpsons. That oh, Bart, really? That, yeah, that Bart wants for Christmas. And it's like causing all this controversy because it's so violent. But it's like a fighting game called Bone Storm. Fuck yeah, I remember hmm. that very vaguely. That's yeah. really cool. And, and Bart really cool. isn't allowed to get it and he steals it, I think, is what happens in the episode. I wonder if that's the, a nod. A reference. Starring Nick Blanco as Danny, Chase Newton as Jason, Shane Brady as camera guy, Peter Villalba as gas money kid. (laughs) (laughs) So we're cutting to daytime. I guess, I uh, sorry, I should also say, because we've talked about the history with any of these directors in their films. Yeah, I always, and I mean this sincerely, like I can't say things even if I meet people and I don't like their work. I I really struggle with it. I really do. And I had to text actually Aaron after I watched this last night because I, spoilers, enjoyed this part. And my memory was correct from when I first saw this film in the festivals. And I was saying, I really find it hard when you do, I don't know how you feel about it, both of you, but when you meet people who you've, you know, have encountered their work before, you might like the people, but you don't necessarily like something that they made. And it's really hard to know how to approach that, particularly if you're on a festival circuit or something. Personally, for me, I don't care if someone hates something I've made, but we get along. That's totally fine. It's like, it doesn't matter. But it's always icky and a little tricky to know how to navigate that stuff. I'm very pleased to say I genuinely, Moorhead and, and Benson, always make very interesting movies. And I love their ideas and I love a lot of their aesthetics in them to varying degrees from film to film. And for me, that continues here, but we'll, we'll get into it. So we're in daytime and we're going to be hanging out with some like Lords of Dogtown type kids the larry clark movie mid 90s which came out after this but like some skater kids in la feels very authentic Mm. very real bethany looked up from her computer and was like this is the most real that's what she said yeah the kids were like really good so they're just like hanging out doing and these are like you know these are real skaters uh they're hanging out doing skating tricks and stuff and what i really love about it is you're quickly establishing the one who's filming the camera guy he seems to be trying to get one of them killed (laughs) because he's just constantly like oh no i wasn't filming that like the first thing you see is one of them trying to jump a gap from two buildings which he does no idea if that was real or not because it looks amazing and and he's like oh no i didn't roll it you should probably try again (laughs) (laughs) and then they like uh wearing gopros on the skater's helmets a camera guy then tells him like that a street is clear but it's not because there's a car coming and he sees it so he can get hit by the car essentially so he seems like he's trying to make a jackass faces of death clip essentially which at first i thought was a sinister thing i thought oh is this tied into the vhs universe and he's like trying to like upload to some snuff site secretly without these skaters knowing but no i think it's just like because they seem to like once the guy gets hit by car he's not pissed he's like did you get that yeah (laughs) yeah they're just trying to make cool videos yeah it's pretty funny 
but he's pretending even after he gets hit by the car it's like oh no i didn't i didn't i wasn't rolling you should do it again <laughs> i really love these funny antics yeah, as they get into a fight so yeah like ali's title alludes to one of them tries to chat up this woman <laughs> he's filming her cleavage and then he's like yeah i'm making a documentary on abused dolphins and then i freelance as a bartender yeah <laughs> which again i just i have no idea how much was improv and how much was written but you just feel like they just gave these kids like a lot of breath yeah to go and be themselves and yeah they're looking for a cool spot to finish shooting their video so they're thinking well one of them's heard from i think a cousin it was that there's a ditch in tijuana <laughs> <laughs> seems a long way to go but he's like it's fine now the drug dealers have left tijuana <laughs> it's all good so they head to mexico buying a lot of fireworks going to tj and then, yeah, they get to this ditch and there's a weird lady who they walk by who's just standing there chanting. And then they think they feel an earthquake. I like the shot after that when they pass the lady and they're walking into the ditch and it's just like a quick frame and there's a person above the ditch looking down at them. Did you guys notice oh, that? Oh, was that? No, yeah. I missed that. Yeah, it's like a kind of blink and you miss it thing. That was really cool. I really liked that. Nice. Well, this is where in a minute we're going to get a, like a definite tonal change. But up to this point... I can definitely say I'm 100% with this. Like, I'm really into it. I really like this vibe. I just like this stuff anyway. Like, mid-90s was my favorite film that year, was it? Or second? I don't yeah. Know. I, li- I like kids. I like all of those movies and this kind of vibe I'm just into. So, this is hitting my personal preferences. And, and I stuff. mean, so far, this feels more in line and, and sort of tonally matching to the whole franchise. Or what's come before. You feel like this could probably fit in the other two films somewhere. Yeah. I agree. I'm really enjoying their relationship with each other up until this point. I was just writing down a bunch of quotes as it was going because so many lines were so funny to me that I had to just stop (laughs) writing the script as it was happening. But I right after the earthquake, the guy goes, oh, I just survived a Mexican earthquake. (laughs) So funny. And as they they pass the woman, someone, I don't know if you guys heard this, but someone like up at the front of the group so you can like barely hear it it's like no dude she has syphil herp did you guys <laughs> yeah, hear, I did that? hear that i did hear that <laughs> she's got the syphil herp and so there's so many good lines in this one <laughs> i do think what we're learning is yeah this is definitely a taste thing because we all liked obviously the last one from yeah VHS with two. similar yeah just banter. kids being stupid yeah. and saying ridiculously dumb things but it's i mean <laughs> you have to get the right kids to pull it off because when you just when you yeah. write this dialogue it doesn't you just need to let them be themselves yeah there's got to be a likability factor and this is just like yeah. again authentic enough that it's skirting that and doing it well right yeah so they get to this ditch they find a dead animal some crazy symbols around the place they pour their drinks over some of the candles that are arranged in like little shrines <laughs> i love one of them's like dude this place is weird <laughs> <laughs> so they start skating and now one of the skaters immediately cuts himself and his blood goes onto one of the symbols on the ground and then smoke starts getting emitting out of it. Yeah, that was cool. And then the weird lady turns back up. <laughs> to which they just go, are you a midget? <laughs> I don't she's, know where just, that came from. She's completely normally She's like, like taller than some of them. <laughs> very bizarre. And then another figure appears and then she just rips off camera guys. Insane. <laughs> Gone. And this is where it's going to kick off. Uh, and to be fair, the reaction for the kids, I love they just sort of take it in their stride. <laughs> just like, all right, let's fucking fight is on, basically. <laughs> this is when it goes uh, full bone storm. Yeah, other, ro- <laughs> other robed characters approach. There's a little thrown in line there of like, you look like you will unearth 
the darling creature is one of the lines. Yeah, the woman says something similar as they're passing her earlier as well. Right. Yeah, and all these people, they've got robes, they've got face paint, they're all like chanting. One of the skaters smacks them with his board and others start shooting at him because he's brought a gun with him to Mexico. Did they take that over the border? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Don't know. There's this nice little thing, which by the way, it's like when you, one of those things you write and then you're like, that's going to be a lot of hassle in post-production. Why even bother? But they do it pretty well. Like the blood catches fire every time it's spilt yeah, from these on the people. Cement. And it makes for some very funny moments, such as the first time that happens. One of the kids is like, yo, do crackheads have fire blood? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they got like a big machete, they grab it, get, we get like heads being chopped off, the guy with no arm is now set on fire and is just <laughs> running by screaming. They drag away one of the kids into the sewers, who then smashes the guy's head in with his skateboard, and the making of here is really cool. Like The effort they put in, and this is crazy, like they had a full production, you got like 10 tents like next to this ditch with all of the props and all of the film stuff that they're doing, lots of work being done to get the skeletons looking right, to get this concaved head that he's like smashing in. The thing we'll see at the end as well is quite funny. Yeah, and a woman just walks away. She's like, I'm out at this point. (laughs) (laughs) She's just a fucking pot stirrer. That's all she does. And then a chopper flies over, sees what's happening. We get like a shot from above with that, which they seem kind of dismissive. (laughs) They're kind of like, yeah, we're not going to get involved (laughs) with this crazy. It's just Uh, And then, and this was the thing in my head. Okay, so I remembered again, seeing this at Fright Fest. It was actually the first year Katie and I started dating. It was her first Fright Fest. And she realized halfway through watching VHS viral of like, oh yeah, I have seen this before. (laughs) And I remembered the skeleton faces. Now, again, these are all personal preferences. I have a real thing for skeletons in films. Like I just really like seeing, and I mean like animated skeletons, you know, like skeletons that are alive and like doing stuff. And I remembered the robe hoods with the skeleton faces underneath. So when these people first turned up, I was like, oh, I completely misremembered that. It's just people in makeup. And I felt quite disappointed. I think it's once they've been killed, they then they like suddenly they as... just start coming back as skeletons. Yeah. Now, well, I want to hear your, your thoughts on it <laughs> with the skeleton stuff. Because I'll be honest, sometimes it works for me, sometimes it doesn't. Like, obviously, a lot of time it looks like masks. It's edited very quickly, so they don't linger on it too much like the aliens from the previous one. I'm still fine with it. <laughs> like, even when it's sometimes goofy, I'm just like enjoying the freneticism of it and the fact that they went to oh no they're just fucking walking skeletons yeah i mean i definitely didn't find it scary i think part of it is because it was daytime and you could see them so quickly that the only way it would work is if it is just a quick clip so there were moments where i was like it doesn't really look that good and there were other moments that i really enjoyed just because of the comedic effect like at one point one of the kids chops one of the skeletons heads off and the head is just laying on the cement still like chomping and it's just the head (laughs) so i really liked little moments like that but it's yeah for the most part i think i was okay with it i just wasn't really finding it scary and i wasn't super worried about what was gonna happen because for some reason the setting didn't feel that intimidating yeah i felt sort of the same no way was it scary or trying to be scary it was so kind of goofy and fun and loose kind of like those two guys anyway from Mm -hmm. the start that i was like okay well i'm in for this ride and i thought the way the skeletons were revealed was kind of cool because at first they sort of started off as just still the people but sort of zombie-ish and rotting and it it was so quick these flashes that it felt like every time i got a glimpse again of the person then they were more bony and skeletony and i i thought it just looked cool that that they were doing all practical stuff at this point yeah. and not giving me like 
this was a moment where I was like, oh, I'm glad it was practical effects rather than some crappy CGI. And that it was edited in a way that it was like, yeah, it was just on that line where it was like, cool, I'm down with this. And the tone of it anyway made me judge it differently to VHS 2 with the, the cult one where I was like, I don't want to see the goat head because I think the tone of that was, it was taking itself way more seriously. Whereas this was like, this is a crazy goofy ride with these two kids that is just going to be like crazy and wild where I was, so I was more like, okay, cool. Like, that's awesome. That yeah, I agree. This is a party hangout kind of vibe and it is i think the right way to end this film basically it's like let's go out on a party like high energy i think it could be a little bit more high energy with the music and stuff like that at the end but the energy of how it's shot and with the skeleton stuff is cool i'm the opposite and i love the practical stuff even when it doesn't always work uh, in any i know you love goat man uh, no, yeah, I did like go back. But yeah, like for me, actually, Ali, like the bit with the skeleton, like jaw, like going, that's one of the bits I'm less keen on just because I can see the CGI in it, like see how they did it. Mm. But it's very brief, like those moments. I still like, you know, I like that it'd be like goofy. I like when they explode and the arms go flying. Yeah. I love the bit when the skeleton's like bl- just f- bleeding all over one of our skaters and we're in that GoPro camera, which is like freaking out. <laughs> oh, as yeah. goes all over him. And it's yeah. all fire blood as well. So he has to rush over to like water to put it out really cool moment yeah and they kill like all of them and you just got these two kids left and again i just love that they just don't give a shit they're like fuck man you're good so like, we killed a lot of fools he's <laughs> like yeah they killed gas money kid and camera i guy. know i love that they don't have they don't remember their names ever it's fucking great and then suddenly the sewers rumble the dead stand up again all the skeleton faces yeah this is where the jaw like chatters and stuff and they start using the firecrackers one of the skeletons swears at them before it blows up yeah he like flips them off and explodes in the background what is happening and then they just skate out heading back for the border i think on skateboards which is fucking great maybe that's how they got there yeah and then we go back to the original part of the ditch and then something bursts free and all we see is its foot as it comes plonking down which was made you know bespoke for this there's a bit in the making of of them sculpting this foot with the team and then this tail and it's great when you see the making of shot of how they do it because obviously it's just someone like lowering the foot and then someone standing someone else who just like flops the tail down quickly and drags it and it works really well yeah it walks by picks up the camera eats it and that's how we're going to end with the camera going into whatever creature's gullet that they've just unleashed and i will say this we had the spin-off of amateur night siren i would be totally into whether it's found footage or not, but ideally found footage because I like the vibe. The spin-off of these skater kids trying to being fucking tackled by this big beast that they just unleashed. <laughs> like, I'll be totally into watching a feature film with that vibe, essentially. It'd be fun. As long as they could pull off the effects. And now we're in our final wraparound. Sort of. We have an extra story that sort we're going to get to. <laughs> we're back on the ice cream truck chase, of course. Everyone who gets near gets the girlfriend on their phone and then their nose bleeding in a trance. There's a guy in the back of a car who's filming a woman. He's convincing her, get sexy. Most annoying character in this entire film is this fucking man. Yep. Terrible Before you voice. saw his face, I was like, is he trying to be the Joker? His voice was oh. so bad. Oh, so bad. So bad. Our lead guy in the orange jacket runs after them, but they ignore him. She starts undressing. I thought, oh, actually, we are going to get the boobs. <laughs> Doesn't happen. She's saying, you don't recognize me, do you? takes her shorts off and then she pulls a gun on him takes the camera makes him strip and the thing is just like i mean i was like part of me was like is this 
I would like to believe this is some commentary on the way that you're treating women in some of the previous VHS movies, but this is just so badly handled yeah. that it means nothing. It feels like it just shouldn't be in this. Yeah. But he, they seem to... Ter- I, again, I like the idea of they seem determined in this wraparound. Each time we go back, we're going to get a different story from LA. I think that's a great idea. But the barbecue gangster party? No. <laughs> this pervert in a taxi trying to get someone to like it? No. Like, these are not the right directions to go yeah anyway turns out he bought her footage from her ex-boyfriend or something so she's all pissed about it which i definitely feel sounds more like it's the ex-boyfriend's fault but you know semantics is it meant to be tied into the first vhs you think like the first group that is selling footage to an anonymous source is it meant to be a reference I mean, it would be nice. It would be nice if it was, but then we need something. Yeah. you got to give us something to tie that in. I mean, it's not the same actress of the girl who was being filmed having sex, so that if that's the case, it would have been smarter to have it be the same girl. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I assumed they were trying to do. I don't think they pulled it off either way, whether they were aiming for that or not. I think both stories are pretty cringeworthy. The last two that we've gotten. And even though this movie is incredibly short, this is where I'm feeling like, okay, I'm ready now. You can end. Yeah. <laughs> Partly just because I know that we've finished with the shorts. I'm like, I don't need to see the rest of this wraparound. I'm okay. Yeah, exactly. She fights with him in the back of the car. And of course the footage goes all staticky because why not? <laughs> it makes no sense. And then a car drives into them as he's strangling her. More static. We cut back to the opening shots of the girlfriend happy with her boyfriend. We freeze frame. And it's a split second. I'm like really <laughs> that's how we're gonna end this <laughs> it's slightly happy because it's like well we're done at least but also like are you serious but no they're smarter than that we cut to an alleyway security cam our lead guy gets off his bicycle waits for the ice cream truck finally figured out circles are circles <laughs> <laughs> he finds all these phones in the tunnel just lying there so i guess when the ice cream truck's driving around it's shedding the phones or this is where it's dumping them i don't know and it leads him to the la river where he finds a trunk uh, sorry the truck is uh is parked and i gotta say well actually i'll get to this in a second but it's pumping out opera music as it sits in the la river daybreak there are some dead bodies just a cgi i think severed hand for no reason just weird just like yeah just throw stuff in and the girlfriend he can hear her screaming now this is where it's so frustrating because it's like we have this location la river great location they've managed to wrangle that that they're allowed to shoot there they have a time of day daybreak looks gorgeous like the pinks hues in this look great they have the right camera settings the white balance looks good there's a good decent amount of bokeh like this is shot like when you see that ice cream van from afar the thing is like that's a nicely done shot they have the imagery of the ice cream truck that's a good classic horror like thing and the truck looks pretty cool it looks all like dilapidated they have the music license for like a very classic piece of opera music like pumping out of it again another good like staple of horror have some like classical music coming out with the atmos none of this fucking works <laughs> how do you have all those elements and somehow they just like a bungling it all <laughs> oh god i am still at this point confused about the girl's part in this just because they establish at the start of this movie that this is their spot quote like the lake is their spot and the fact that she's the one who's being streamed onto everybody's phones, the fact that the car ends up in their spot, and the fact that as soon as he gets into the van, she's then talking to him, makes it seem like this has been the plan the whole time. Like, she has been behind it. 
she had this whole thing and knew he would be obsessed with filming her and filming his life. But then it just makes no sense that she is one of the people who falls into the trance at the start of it. It's very weird. No, it makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Again, you need to tie this in. Yeah, there needs to be a twist with her with the ice cream truck or something. Yeah. Like, there's nothing. Just hands nothing taped to all. a steering wheel. Yeah, hands severed taped to a steering wheel. Again, could be creepy, but pff, nothing. We do get it. I said I'd be pissed. But he gets into the back of the ice cream truck and there stacked are the TVs. Like, the stacked TVs. There they are. <laughs> there they are. In the back of the ice cream truck. Webcams attached. He steps inside and they show him and they show her on them. And then we get this. Just like, it's just... It's just fucking terrible. I mean, she's, she starts talking she's to him. awful. She's like, if you're filming it, then we are a part of she it. Is. You can finish it. He's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I think you know. I was like, no! I have no idea. <laughs> Tell me. Give me fucking something. Instead, we get a switch just labeled upload. A giant, giant switch that's rusted. There's not even any, he's not even connecting anything. He's not even like, there's, it's just like, oh, you hit upload and your life is just uploaded, I guess. <laughs> like, that's the metaphor that's happening here. Then we get, they really spell it out. We get them having a conversation and it's like, you're sick. We're all sick. And he's like, but these videos, they fuck people up. And he's like, I can't upload it. I can't do it. Can't add to the social media nightmare. Oh, every and it's time like, I... sorry, your film's not that clever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, this was 20, what, 13, 14, whenever it was. It's like, come on, come on. Well, they're also just like preaching these big statements of like, haven't you ever wanted to be a part of something bigger than yourself? And you're like, you can't. You're not being smart enough to take yourself that seriously. Like it just, it's, as soon as you say it, it makes me want to stop watching this movie. Yes. It's just like, this stuff always makes me, anything that's to do with a particular moment in time with technology just makes me cringe anyway, because it's going to date so quickly. This at the time was cringeworthy. Now it's just, anyway, every time he says he can't upload it because he doesn't want to, she gets hurt. She's like smashing her head into a wall. Which is like, fine, let her. She's annoying. Yeah. Smash your head. Yeah. And he flicks upload. Done. And then she starts chanting, shit's going to go viral. Shit's going to go viral. Shit's so annoying. I wrote down, wow, this is terrible. (laughs) She keeps hurting herself anyway. Very happy about it. Both me and her. And then he jumps out of the truck and says like, oh, I probably should have looked around the side because there's his girlfriend on the side of the truck. Face bashed in. Phone shoved into her mouth. He pulls the phone out. It's still recording. His nose starts bleeding. We get a wide shot of LA skyline as I think a chopper is falling out of the air. Yeah, it's like, and there's fires around the city. So like mayhem has just started. Yeah, and a chopper's falling out. Alex, I'll tell you what mayhem is. It's going viral. Oh my God. And the film is over. Or is it? Is it it over? (laughs) So... Oh boy. We're watching these end credits. This is my journey. We're watching these end credits. Obviously, I've like been doing some notes. I've been on Wikipedia. I've been on IMDb. And I keep being like, this is weird because Wikipedia only has this amount of directors, whereas IMDb has this amount of directors. What is, you know, what's happening? And I thought maybe I'd gotten muddled. We, Katie and I were recounting the shorts that we'd just seen. Going, yeah, we're missing something here. And then I Google it. I go on Google while the credits are still running. And I'm like, what is this film called Gorgeous Vortex from the director Todd Lincoln of The Apparition? How is that connected here? Why didn't we just watch it? And then it comes up as this thing of like, for the Blu-ray release, there's going to be this extra short called Gorgeous Vortex. 
And I was like, okay, well, that's weird. Is it going to be hidden in the Blu-ray? Like, where am I going to find it? And as I asked that question, the credits end and this film just starts playing. So it's like a post-credits film. Lucky on the you. And it's late at night. Obviously, it was like two in the morning by the time we finished or whatever. And we're pretty frayed by what we've seen. And it's been a really long day, to be honest, yesterday. We hadn't slept much and we we're doing a lot of work stuff we had to do yesterday. And this just suddenly comes on and we're just like transfixed in silence for a while. <laughs> but anyway, we watched through it and then I texted you both. It was like, Alex had already finished watching earlier. And I was like, I'm really sorry, man, but there's 15 more minutes you've got to watch. And you're like, I'm not doing it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and Ali watched everything today. So you got to watch it all in a lump, yep. I guess. I will say, because I want to hear obviously your opinions. I'm going to go through it as best as I can. But I will say, I definitely feel if anyone is going to watch Gorgeous Vortex, you can watch it on Vimeo. It's weirdly not on YouTube that I can find. There's a lot of coverage about this film. There's a lot of critics talking about it. A lot of interviews with the director that I read. More than the other ones, really. I will say, if you're going to watch this, watch it at nighttime. Like, this is something for sure to watch later. It's a very much a midnight mood, like, film. I don't know how I'd feel about it in the daytime. Yes, and it's Todd, Todd Lincoln who did the apparition. So Gorgeous Vortex, he basically pitched it to them and told them that it wasn't going to be found footage. He said, you could look at it as found footage, but in a very different way. I do like his idea for what he wanted to do. Was he, he, You'd say that about anything. You could look at this as found footage, but in a different way. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, more, it's meant to be like an emotional found footage, essentially. His idea, which I really like, is he didn't want to make a film about the future. He wanted to make a film that would have been made in the future. So the feelings of how it was like edited and how it was shot and how it was like portraying its imagery was, you know, as if you're watching a short from the future rather than one about that. Alex is actually rolling his eyes right now. <laughs> okay. So first of all, not found footage, 15 minutes long. It's essentially, he was also pitched, it is, you know, how it is. It's this mood fashion video, basically, you know, which has these themes in it. And that's exactly how it comes across. There is a key model in it. There is a narrative sort of to it that it ebbs in and out of. We can talk about it at the end, what you both got from it. I'm going to go through. I started writing down what happened. And then I was like, I can't really write down what happened. So essentially, there's a bunch of imagery to do this woman to begin with. She's got a blindfold on when we first find her. And she's sort of touching herself sexually, having these weird dreams. There's some different imagery immediately of this sort of like dark crystal-esque practical puppet monster. There's some real VHS footage in here as well. But we're cutting between sumptuously shot fashion kind of videography stuff with then yeah, VHS footage. She walks out of a building and there are lots of men with white masks watching her throughout. We get lots of footage of different women in their underwear dead in derelict places, always in places removed from society. We get some pigeons. We get a woman in underwear trapped in a, a cage as well. We then start to get a bit more of the narrative. We go to a lab. She's in a futuristic like CT scanning machine screaming. Then we get introduced to this sort of older man who's around her a lot. We get her undressing in a bathroom as the man's approaching her. She pushes his head to her groin. We get this repetition of a kid's playhouse in this derelict basement with a mattress on the floor. Her vacuuming around the man who is now dead after we presume whatever happened between them. She then drives and she's yeah digs a grave for the man's body. Then she cleans herself off after she's presumably buried this man. She's got some syringes. She raises her dress to show her ridiculously long legs and then stabs herself with this syringe. We keep changing aspect ratio through parts of this as well. 
she goes to a vending machine which has shoes and different glamorous like fashion items inside the vending machine she's then burning i believe these items heads to a home which is the one with the dollhouse and the dirty mattress on the floor she's got a knife and she's now confronting this creature that we saw at the beginning the creature like emerges she unzips her coat to like combat it rushes at it we're then in a big manor house which is where this creature is residing on like a large sort of throne chair the old man's next to it there are a lot of models standing around looking grumpy as they tend to do and then the creature approaches her it caresses her and now she's carrying a cake that's on fire toward it and as it sits in its throne like chair surrounded by vhs tvs so we are getting stacks of tvs here the models and the old man it all fuzzes to static and we are out that is the end of gorgeous well done for that recap very impressed nice nice and succinct yeah that is it i'm gonna start with well whoever wanted ali how did you feel about gorgeous (laughs) vortex alex i don't know if you gave this your own name but i have another wannabe name i called this one wannabe tree of life meets perfume commercial (laughs) good good so that's that's what this feels like to me this is bizarre and you saying that the filmmaker said he wanted to make a movie that felt like a movie that was made in the future i agree with alex rolling his eyes if i can roll mine louder i would (laughs) I mean, that is such a, the most pretentious it's so sentence pretentious. I've ever heard. And it's, it just fits like exactly with all of this. Like this, this short feels like a kid who is like 17 years old with super, super rich parents that are too busy to pay attention to their kid, but give him anything he wants to like keep him quiet. Got a hold of a camera, stole some really fancy shoes and outfits from his mom's closet, paid a model a shit ton of money, and just combined his favorite perfume commercials, his favorite car commercials, and a couple of his favorite sci-fi movies and was like, this is going to be amazing. It's so bad. That's all I have to say about this. (laughs) Alex. My feeling is this. Like, look, if you want to make a sort of extended art housey fashion video, then fine. Like, that's cool. Like, by all means, that's what this feels like. And that's what this kind of is. And I can accept that and deal with that. But, like, I mean, this is just so out of place with... This series. This series. And it's just so far up its own ass. <laughs> it's just, like... It's just so indulgent and just... But, again, like, this kind of thing has a place. And, unfortunately, I'm of the opinion that this isn't the place for it. You mean and, uh, VHS viral is not the place for Yeah. And I... We'll never get back those 15 minutes. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little worried what Al's going to say. He's been very quiet. I have been quiet. No, well, this is the thing. Because we said earlier on, I said the problem with VHS or with any anthology is you try to judge things on their own and then you have to judge them. Obviously, majoritively, just how does this work in the context of the film? This isn't even edited into the context of the film, which makes it even harder to judge because it's just a fucking extra that popped up after the credits. I think we can all flat out say the fact that this exists in context with VHS is one of the most bewildering things <laughs> that I've ever come across in my life. Partly just because, yeah, it's not even found footage. No. So, and when the director is, you know, admitting in the, these interviews, and not admitting it, he's not shy about it at all, but that, yeah, I pitched them this thing it was going to be, you know, different and it wasn't going to be found footage. Sure. 
people will pitch you that stuff. This is where the producers say, no, we have one rule. It's found VHS. footage. Everything's We're found footage. We're already breaking That's the it. fact that almost none of them are recorded on VHS. And none of them are horror really anymore. <laughs> like, it's like, it has to be found footage. So yes, like, I think we can immediately disregard this. No one needs to see it in context of VHS. has nothing to do with it other than the stack TVs at the end, which are just a shrug. Sure, there's a horror creature there. But like, in regards of VHS, no, absolutely nothing. And it couldn't even be in consideration to be a part of our Weird Geeks like VHS compilation because it just doesn't, it's not a part of VHS at all. Mm-hmm. If I judge it in the other format of like my DP Alberto sends me like videos sometimes. If he sent me this video, I've already watched this like two and a half times because I fucking love the imagery in this video so much. It's so beautifully shot. I love it cutting from the regular imagery into the VHS imagery. I think it's got a really cool like tone with that stuff. The music's from actually our friend Alex, who who did The Conjuring and all of that stuff, did all of The Conjuring universe. Um, and he does a really cool job with the music. I wish it was a proper music video. Like if these images were this very face value, very eye rolling, but sure, talk about it. Why not? Because, you know, I'm not going to criticize what someone wants to talk about with something, but like the way that they're looking at a fashion industry, presumably to do with models and to do with this creature that's basically running everything with all of this money and the way that you know you become a slave to this or what you have to give of yourself and like you're having all the fashion items in the vending machine like all that stuff they're trying to talk about something here and i don't you know i'm not going to mock them for trying to do that Uh, not many people have enough pointed views of the fashion industry publicly so that's cool but i would have much preferred if we had all this imagery and you know this fucking creature which i love this creature i think it looks really cool like i love dark crystal-esque practical stuff to a proper music video with like a cool track like i would love this as a music video because the imagery is just great and i like the tone of it and the mood of it is it pretentious absolutely it is but i like a lot of pretentious stuff so i'm totally fine with that it will last in my brain out of everything we watched in the vhs trilogy this is one that will last in my brain because it's the only thing that was obviously shot with a lot of care like it's exquisitely shot like the setups for these shots really do remind me of things that alberto sends me for framing for how they're using natural light for like all of this stuff like there's some yeah it'll make an excellent sizzle reel for a dp (laughs) yeah exactly but that's all that like a lot of fashion stuff and music videos are that's what it is it's about beautiful imagery with some music and creating a mood and i like creating some of that stuff myself i'm never as good as it is this is being so i have no problem with that at all so again like if i'm just sent this from a better al (laughs) absolutely (laughs) if i was sent this again by someone or i came across this myself I would kind of love it, like I really would. And it may I got inspired while I was watching it for certain things that I'm developing right now, which again, like not the pretentious elements of it, but just some of the visual things that it was doing. Really fucking loved and found inspiring. But as a part of VHS, absolutely not. Look, as long as I never hear you utter the words, I'm making a movie <laughs> from the future or f- whatever. I've literally had that conversation with people before. I love that idea. I love that stuff. Look, I mean, just it, don't oh. phrase it like that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you want I mean, to talk sh- about progressive new ideas? Sure. My problem is, is that this made me then interested in the director. I was like, well, what have you made? And I remembered he had made The Apparition and I've seen that movie and I didn't like it. But it wasn't pretentious at all. It was just like, here's a stock throwaway Hollywood-esque movie. That was the surprising thing about it. So I, from this, I would imagine he would be making films more like Neon Demon, you know? Sure. 
and there are a lot of problems with Neon Demon. It's pretentious as fuck, but I love the stuff it's trying to do and I love the imagery. So I have like a big part of my heart that's open to films like Neon Demon and yeah, shorts like this, essentially. So we can all agree that there's a time and place for this film and it's just not here. I don't think Ali agrees. I mean, it felt like it was a perfume ad or a car ad with some weird other elements splashed in, which like fine, but it's maybe just because of the context that we were watching this under, I immediately got a bad taste in my mouth and was like, fuck whoever made this. This is not, which is very well just because I had just finished the VHS movie and was told this was another short that was meant to be in it. But that's what I mean. That, and that's always something that I think is interesting is the context of stuff. So yeah. like when we did Halloween series, Katie and I have an argument on the podcast because she, I with remember. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, she couldn't separate it from the fact this is meant to be a Halloween movie and it's infuriating for her. Whereas I was annoyed by that, but also like, yeah, but it's clearly not. Like, my, It's not a Halloween movie. So as a Halloween film, this fails. But as a movie for what it is, we can discuss it. It might still fail, but we could discuss it as a separate thing. And it's very hard with that stuff. And with this, yeah. I just know that I would have loved this if I'd approached it differently. And again, watching it after VHS viral last night, this pops on. We're both transfixed and we're just quiet. We didn't say a word for 15 minutes. And then it ends and Katie turns to me and she's like, what just happened? And I had to like read some of the interview things. And then we go for our midnight walk with Izzy and we talked about it. And she talked, you know, and I don't know. It was a lovely like late night frayed brain just in that mood space thing. But as a part of VHS should be thrown away immediately. Not for the me. The monster actually reminded me of the prawns from District 9. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little bit. Anyway, if people don't know about it, they should at least check it out if you want to, but not because of VHS whatsoever. Uh, you do not need to see it for that. So that's it. We've done it. We've hit all three of these films. Next week, of course, we'll be back with a wrap-up, but right now I'm going to get your overall feelings on Viral, the closing chapter in this exciting franchise. Ali, go. <laughs> what a weird movie, guys. This was bizarre. I agree that this thread is the worst thread of the three that we have. It makes no sense just in the context of this movie. And it also doesn't tie anything together for me with the first two. We came into the second one having felt happy that a lot of the issues that we had with the first one were addressed, that they tackled some of the ideas we wanted them to tackle in the second one. And we were happy with the way that they did it. I feel like everything that I wanted for the third one just like flew out the window none of it was here i don't feel like there were any references really that worked to the first two movies i don't know how they're intertwined i feel like they should be maybe they have a plan for it if they do it's not clear to me the shorts were i think on the whole i probably i don't know it's hard to judge them my favorite from this one is definitely bone storm just because of the kids and the dialogue I definitely liked the first half of it more than the second half just because I didn't find it too scary and the effects in the daytime is it doesn't work as well but it's it was still fun to watch Dante the Great I sorry I'm going out of order but Dante the Great I think was a cool idea I don't think it was executed very well but if I were to have someone redo something and find its tone I think that one would be interesting to see done in a in a cool way it doesn't need to be glossy. It could be glossy, but I think you could easily do something cool with it in a really cheap, grimy way. Parallel Monsters or Los Alfonsos was also another favorite. So that and Bonestorm are the two best ones for me. I think this one looks the best to me. I th- really like the lead actor. 
I like the idea a lot. I think right from the start, as soon as it kicks off, it kind of has you hooked. I know in the past two movies, I've been saying I don't need all the background. I'm okay having some question marks left. I do wish they had given us at least like one bit of information from the alternate universe of like how something works. Not where did the monster penises come from? (laughs) But like the ritual, I would love to have seen even just like a tiny glimpse of like the ritual starting and then it gets interrupted by like the big noise that comes. You wanted to see the the splitting of the meat bag and the devouring. (laughs) I was just curious, like, what are you going to do that you need two other men for with the same name? But no, I, I liked that one. And I think that's it. There's only three short films, right? And then some weird short short uh-huh. films intertwined into the terrible thread that were racist and inappropriate and i wouldn't recommend people watch would i mean we'll get more into this next week in the wrap up obviously ali but would you come back for any other anthology horrors found footage or otherwise mm, i i feel like if you were to ask me if i wanted to come back this time around i would maybe say i'd like to watch a trailer i'm always the person who has never seen any of the horror movies that we cover and i stay away from reviews i don't go to imdb i don't watch trailers i don't do any of that so it's always just like i know nothing i'm going in blind i feel like if you were to tell me we have another anthology horror franchise do you want to come back i would need to do a little bit of research before deciding (laughs) but i liked i just i liked the second movie I enjoyed, like, from start to finish, that one was a fine experience for me. I had a good time. I'll tell you what you're going to enjoy, Ali. A A fine fine experience. experience. A fine experience. (laughs) What you're going to enjoy is the We Are Geek Supercar, but we'll get to that. (laughs) Yes. Alex, what about you? So, let me start with things that I think are kind of great, or great. One thing I do like about this franchise and i guess what they've done here in this film is they've got a whole bunch of new creative people and essentially they've given them license to do whatever they want and i appreciate that and i think that's kind of cool but if they're building a franchise i think there has to be certain stipulations or certain kind of things that they need to follow to at least have a a sense of continuity or a thread and i think the issue with this film is that all the shorts I feel like you could have existing as they are, but you then need a wraparound that gives you that connectivity to the previous films and kind of establishes on that sort of law. And in this film, it doesn't do that. It really, like, it sort of attempts at the end with the TVs in the, the van and the uploading, but otherwise it doesn't, and it, therefore it feels just like a big mess. And... and I view it as a VHS film and I'm like, it's not a VHS film. And then I try and view it just as its own thing. And it's not something that's great as its own thing, which I find really frustrating because coming off the back of the last one, I was like, oh, cool. They're building on something here. There's a really sort of nice cohesion and flavor that's that's coming out of it now. And then I was excited that they were bringing in new creatives into this one, but it just doesn't feel connected in any way or feel cohesive. But it's saying that I do like the choices and the decisions that the writer-directors made for the three shorts. I thought Dante the Great, although not necessarily executed in a way that I would have liked and a little bit too goofy and maybe not placed in the right order, I thought was a great sort of bold idea to just have this, yeah, 
<laughs> this very sort of campy documentary sort of style thing. And I appreciated that. The second one, the parallel universe. Yeah, I enjoyed it again for its sort of boldness and its just batshit crazy twists. And I, I really appreciated that. And and I thought it visually, it, it looked really good. I think it it still felt a little bit found footagey and still carried a sort of authenticity to it. And then, yeah, the last one, like you guys, felt the most authentic, the most sort of authentic to found footage as well as a style. And I think I said before, that one I felt could have been sort of taken out and dropped in either of the other two films and and worked, even though it sort of plays more to the sort of goofier side of things rather than true, true sort of horror. So yeah, there are definitely things I can appreciate about this, but overall, I just really struggled I, and I just felt so, so disappointed. And it really comes down to that wraparound. I think that is so key in setting the tone and like it's such a good way to to even if you have a short that you don't particularly like it's such a great method of okay well we'll reset things and this is like a bit for you to reset just to get your head back in this and this kind of weird mystery and then we'll go back into something different and this just was such so awash and crazy and just just dumb and poorly written and yeah i i struggled guys (laughs) i really really struggled (laughs) So yeah, I I would tell people to avoid this film and maybe just be like, hey, look up look up that Parallel Universe one on YouTube or something or look up the Skater one and just watch those separately or maybe watch them in our We Are Geek Supercut if we decide to put either of them in. But yeah, don't watch this movie. <laughs> would you, yeah, do any more horror anthology? You know, I'm, I would probably be open to it and not necessarily found footage. I'd love to see something... Yeah, I, I would definitely look into or be open to watching another anthology that was more sort of true horror and maybe jumped a bit stylistically between shorts but stayed true to more kind of horror themes rather than sort of overlapping with more kind of goofy comedy stuff. So yeah, I'd be open to it. I wouldn't... It doesn't make you excited to go it doesn't to make, Yeah, Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, before next week, again, like, I will be trying Siren. I will definitely watch Southbound, which, again, is connected to a lot of these same creators. That's kind of a weird extension in a weird way. And I'm, I'm going to rewatch XX, which is the one that is only done by female creators, because uh, I think it would be good in our wraparound to get to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I hear us all saying the same thing, which is that our impulse in coming out from VHS Viral is to say, fuck this film. <laughs> That's what I feel all of our impulse is, is to be like, I just feel so dissatisfied and so angry with certain elements of it. But when you pick it apart, Mm -hmm. there are only, if you've just, you know, if we don't include the wraparound, like we haven't really been doing on the others, there's only three shorts here and two of them we like, at least. Like two of them, all three of us like, and one of them, you're both given a bit more credit than I am. And I don't think it's the worst. It's just, it has no place in my mind in VHS. And that's so weird. That's such a weird, like, I feel like I want to just throw this movie away, but the majority of the shorts I like here. And that's very strange. So yeah, I mean, again, the wraparound is just like the bad taste of starting with that wraparound and then heading into Dante the Great, which again, isn't the worst, but just is not the right mood setter. I was just flummoxed from the beginning. And then it redeems itself with two in a row that I don't like love them. They're not my favorite things, you know, shorts I've seen, but I really think they both got great attributes and I think they both are worth watching. And then, yeah, the wraparound ends. And again, we're not counting Gorgeous Vortex in this conversation. So it's so 
strange that the, the majority of this compared to the other ones, I like more of the percentage of this than I did the other ones. But yes, I agree. It's the one that I want to say fuck you to the most. And I think it's just because that wraparound is so... There's, again, some of the impulses are correct. Taking it to the streets. The idea of the ice cream truck. Trying to tie everything into viral. Like, sure. It's just in all of that execution. That's really... Mm. It's just all the execution. And by execution, I don't just mean directing. I mean the writing. I mean the acting. I mean, like, yeah. all of it. The editing with all the static. Like, it just falls completely on its face. And yes, there's always that extra sting when you know something's probably the last installment in the franchise to not get anything tied up. <laughs> it's really upsetting. And I do hate we strayed so far away. Like, again, I know it left a bad taste for you, Ali, in particular, but we start VHS and those first two felt so grimy, so disturbing. And I, I miss that. <laughs> I miss it feeling genuine and authentic and like it's part of a snuff movie because that was what this is meant to be. But, you know, here we are. <laughs> here we are. So yes, next week, of course, we'll be doing the wrap-up. We're going to be ranking things in these movies. We're going to have to decide how, how we want to rank these, because this is going to be a weird way to do it. Obviously, we'll be ranking every single short uh, in order of how much we like. We will be including Gorgeous Vortex in that, by the way. And yeah, we'll, we'll do a little quiz, probably, if I could be bothered. Maybe I can be bothered. We'll see. I do like doing the quizzes. Well, the quizzes are always fun. Particularly as there's less to talk about. Like, there's no like computer games, comic yeah. books that I'm aware of. I'll do some research to see. Yeah, and I'm going to be doing extra homework of trying to watch some of these other films to talk a little bit more about them, the spinoffs and the comparative sort of peers, I guess, as it were. Because apparently, you know, my least favorite fucking thing, which is horror anthology, <laughs> I'm just doubling down on. I do want to say, though, for me then... Two nominations. For those who keep in count, Weird Geeks will edit together our own VHS. We'll talk that over next week properly. Yeah. As we decide what will go in that, how the wraparound's going to work, all that stuff. But for me, two nominations this week, which of course are, yeah, the Parallel Monsters and uh, Bone Storm, which takes our tally up fairly decent. I think we've got like a good amount next week to pick from. That's what- funny because Bone Storm would have worked for, as a title for the Parallel Universe one. <laughs> that's a good point good point that's a good point and i'm looking forward to next week like we're going to really get into that we're going to decide which one stephanie are going in make sure there's not too many obviously how to wrap around will work and i want you both to help me decide the order like how should what's these the shorts? maximum like, what's number definitely? of shorts we can have i mean i think it depends on the length of, like if we have because some of these are longer than others but yeah i would say you know i would say a sweet spot is five whether that includes a wraparound or not depends on how we do the wraparound, how much time that's taking. Okay. You know? But ideally, you know, with these movies, we started with one nearly two hours at the beginning. Way too long. We all agreed on that. Second film came down like, what was that, 10, 15 minutes? And then this one came down to like 82 minutes. Like this was a lot shorter. An hour and a half, like 90 minutes would be nice. Yeah. I think, I think that would be cool. But we'll see. We'll discuss that next week and get into it. I am excited. Do you want to look at uh, some questions we got this podcast? Alex, I would love very little less. <laughs> I guess. I meant more. <laughs> okay. So here's one. Here's the first one. Do you think the whole film spends time deliberately subverting the expectation of tits here in spite of opening on an ass? Do you think this was an agreement beforehand given the blatant bait and switch with titillation or did each director have the same idea reaction independently? Interesting. Ali, how do you take it? Do you take it as a commentary or just pure coincidence? 
I think I would take it. I'm afraid to say it as commentary because I don't want to give them that much credit. But I think they are hopefully smart enough to notice that this is something that was a common theme in the first two, which I guess I did in this at the end of the second one. I asked for people to use a camera for something other than making a sex tape. So I guess I appreciate them other than the last small story in our thread. So I would lean slightly toward commentary, but I don't, that's not me saying that they were smart about their writing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think much like in the first one, it was coincidence that they all had the same impetus. Which is terrible. (laughs) I feel this is a little bit of that as well. I think you've got Benson and Moorhead who don't tend to, you know, they have some sexuality, but they're not just going to get like boobs out for no reason. You've got the guy who did time crimes, which you're going to get more contextual nudity, I feel, just from people outside of North America making films. But it's not his impetus to do it in that same way either. And yeah, then you're running out of craters. We've got two others, you know, like the most amount of boobs are actually in Gorgeous Vortex. And that's just because there's some models wandering around. And there's actually very little in that as well, considering they're all models. I think it was partly coincidence, partly who they've picked to do this. And yeah, maybe because it was all new blood. These were people coming in who had seen the other ones and were like, actually, that was trying a little to bit do too something much. different. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that sounds about right. That there was maybe a bit of decision making about who they picked based on the type of work knowing that they wouldn't kind of get that sort of stuff but i don't know if there was i can't imagine it would have been like a, a thing where they sat down and agreed upon it there wasn't a boob meeting yeah. <laughs> i mean because if they sat around and took the time to agree on that but not agree on the wraparound then <laughs> unacceptable that. which also though we should mention is it coincident yet yeah, first one without you know really without the boobs that they were showing in the previous ones also is the first one without a penis think how progressive it would have been zero boobs only penis and penis i would have yeah. appreciated that more more so do these penises uh in this one count oh, as yeah, scary do or the, comical do the furry <laughs> <laughs> uh, they kind of reminded me of sort of fleshy long-necked yodas <laughs> maybe that's what yodas this penis looks like we've never seen <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Um, oh my God. What would you need to know before swapping places with your doppelganger in a parallel universe? Oh, if, good question. What if, are their if, genitals like? <laughs> Important question. Second part of that question. If not, how would you learn about those cultural differences? Taking your trousers off. <laughs> I would, to be honest, my thought would just be worrying about them fucking with my world. I would have no problem stepping into their world and risking kind of everything just to like take a little look. And like I said, like you're sitting there, I feel, I'm glad we all answered the same thing, but you're there in this weird sexual sort of scary satanic circle. And I'd be like, you get started. Yeah. I'll I, I want to see if I want to join do. in. <laughs> yeah, because uh, that curiosity would be there. But yeah. for, I would be constantly concerned about them fucking up my world. If yeah. if that was, if that setup like he had was in my basement and my wife knew about my work and what I was doing and I succeeded, I would be like, okay, buddy, you come over here into my world. I'll show you around. We'll give you a tour. Yeah. And then we'll go yeah. back and you'll show me around. Yeah. Dangerous. Because like, then people will see two of you. Just well, I would just keep it in, in the, house, the house. And if the yeah. wife knows, then just keep it to the wife. Or just pretend your life is a real is a soap opera and you have a long lost identical twin brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ali, what would you do? I mean, it's hard. You could sit here and say like, what's the most important thing I need to know about your world? But that's, it's not totally objective if you're in that situation where 
Like if someone were to ask us that question, we wouldn't know what is drastically different about our world from their world that you wouldn't know what's important to call out. So I think it's- One simple question. Do you have empathy? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I think I would lean toward the idea of you come here, I will guide you around, show you a little bit of our world, and then you can do the same for me in your world. I would maybe ask as well, I would go, are you vegetarian? And if the guy's like, yes, I'd be like, but what about your penis? <laughs> <laughs> That's vegan. <laughs> yeah. Only paleo. Okay. Come in then. Okay, last question. Does the presence of a unifying message narcissism ruins everything improve the overall effect of this installment (laughs) no i think it doesn't (laughs) again i think the impetus does i think the impetus absolutely does like the idea of like cool where can we take this idea it's not the way i think is the best way to go i think the snuff video collection thing was like going down that black market dark web which i hate to say because everything done with the dark web in horror films is cheesy as fuck but going down that route makes more sense with where we started but I do think, yes, tying it into a theme where it has a meaning, that's that's absolutely always the right impetus, but it's just in the execution. Yeah. The, well, the execution yeah. doesn't pull it off in this one for me. And if as soon as you try to take yourself that seriously and come in with these big sweeping comments that you think are extremely mm. profound, but you're not actually adding any intelligent commentary to it, then it just detracts from the entire thing that you're i'm perfectly fine with having a horror film of whatever film anthology found footage or not without a big important unifying message yeah that's fine with me if you try to put it in you need to make sure you're doing it well yeah and i think that's been an issue across all of the films like we can talk about a unifying message in this one but i know we've talked in the last two podcasts whenever one of the shorts has tried to have a, a bigger theme no one's ever it quite work. sort of yeah had either been clever enough to pull it off in a way that that yeah that it works because you don't have the time so you're just like being very heavy-handed if you're like dropping yeah a theme on, on some which of no these, one it's not enjoyable to watch a movie that's like assuming you're extremely stupid and they have to really hammer you over the head with it yeah yeah absolutely those are our wonderful questions from our wonderful listeners. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. Cool. So next week, we will be going into our wrap-up with all the aforementioned things that I said. And we'll also be announcing, of course, what our next franchise is going to be that we are covering. Which um, means we, which have, we have to have decide. Yet. We have to figure it out. Stuff with the things. I'm Mr. Al White on all of the <laughs> social medias, as well as on Xbox, as well as on PlayStation. Please do not be scared. You can shout at me, but ideally through DMs because then the world doesn't have to hear you, you shouting. You can send voice notes there, so you can literally shout. You can send voice notes, video notes, pictures of your monster penis, like whatever you need. <laughs> Alex, how about you? That could be really misunderstood. And yeah. You could just get <laughs> photos of just giant, giant hogs. As long as it's impressive. <laughs> you can find me at Alexander Chard on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Allie. <laughs> I am on Instagram as Allie Sue, and unlike Al, I really do not want photos of your monster penis. See, you can't say you don't want something because then the internet thinks you do. Did you not Just listen to the motive them, of this film? Send them to Al. It's a nightmare. Thank you both for joining me. I've appreciated you being on this very strange ride. Thank you for listening. <laughs> we'll be back next Friday. Until then, we are out. Geeks. 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 <laughs>